Fry Gave a 13th Horror Podcast is a proud independent podcast. To learn more about the show, visit frygave13.com. Maddie, whatever you do, don't turn around. What is it? Just trust me. Don't do it. Is it, is it a killer? A mass killer here to stab me? No, but just trust me, don't. Is it a vampire here to drain all the blood from my body? No, but don't turn around. It's a ghost, isn't it? No. An alien? Is it finally time for the alien invasion? Will you just trust me? Wait, is it? Is it 2023? Is that what's behind us? I mean, you guessed it. Now run! It's episode 112. 2023 was terrifying. 2024 lives. I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom. I'm Marjorie Green, and I approve this message to save America, stop socialism, and stop China. Stay the pie, we honor thee from life to death. Doubters, the doomsters, the gloomsters, they are going to get it wrong. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to run? Where are you going to hide? Nowhere. Because there's no one like you left. What do we want? Justice! When do we want it? I want you to know that the movement we started is only just beginning. Sometimes, that is better. Where have I ever hooked, hooked up with a fan? Well, I mean, if they're not a fan, they I mean, wouldn't be hooking up. <laughs> <laughs> if they weren't um, before, they were after. You know what I'm talking about, Eddie Goes. Yeah, yes, Neil! Um... <laughs> Never have I ever, never have I ever, another shot coming up in 30 minutes, folks. Um. Welcome to another episode of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. My name is Maddie. And I'm Andrew. And if this is your first time with Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, well, first, welcome. Uh, And next, we are the podcast that talks about horror. Horror in real life and in the movies from a queer perspective. It is 2024. It's our 112th episode. And we are very glad to be back with you after about a month hiatus from the holidays. Um, Lots to talk about today. This episode is all about how 2023 is dead and buried and how 2024 is still a sweet little baby alive, um, just nursing at your bosom right now. That's what it's doing. You're giving it life. That should be a terrifying image for you. Um, nursing a little baby called 2024. Um, Andrew, how are you doing? What's going on? Good. Can I tell you a little anecdote about how my 2024 started? Yeah, please. So my 2024 started with a literal dumpster fire. Oh, my um, God. There was a arsonist who went through our neighborhood and set fire to all the dumpsters in the neighborhood, including a uh, one that was a, what do you call that? A uh, construction dumpster? A construction dumpster. So it was next so, to it. So, of course, I saw I saw the photo that, that you guys posted, but that was an arsonist? Yeah, he went through the neighborhood and said, I think it was six dumpsters on fire. Um, 
So you know what? I'm just going to say that that was a um, goodbye to 2023 and not wow. a hello to 2024. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'll tell, I'll tell you what. Look, at least it was dumpsters. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't he wasn't lighting. Well, did he light a house on fire? No. Okay. Well, you know he, that's he good. was very committed to dumpsters only. <laughs> I mean, look, he probably like he had a tough year too. You know, let let the man. You know, the man is really living out all of our because you know anyway. because you know it was a man. <laughs> yeah, of course. And like you know, look, all of us had a bit of a dumpster fire in 2023. So I mean, like, what's wrong with uh, you know making that just a reality? Um, look, Andrew. You know, usually we start our episodes with a little thing called the certified terrifying corner. True. This, this episode, we're going to skip that because we're going to talk about how terrifying the year was anyway. Um, yeah. But not not just how terrifying it was. Look, there were some good things too. So we're going to talk about just sort of the year in general. We're going to talk about the things that we really really loved about the year some of the things that we didn't love about the year. And we have some predictions ahead for 2024. Now, some of this is going to be about just stuff in the world. Some of it will be about the horror community. Lots of good stuff in here all over the place. So tune in to listen. Now, listen, if it is your first time with us, and it might be because people have resolutions about listening to podcasts and whatever, here's how the show works. (laughs) You never know. I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping in my head that they do. Um, The show works like this, right? So right now you're in the first segment. Welcome. The first segment, we talk about real life stuff. So horror in the real world, stuff about our lives, stuff about this topic or that topic, whatever. That's the first segment. We then go into a thing called what you been watching, bitch, which is where we tell you what we've been watching. And then the next segment is where we talk about the horror in films section. So that's going to be about two movies that we think are, are sort of connecting over to the main theme of the episode this episode we've got the biggest horror hits of 2023 talk to me from a24 studios and evil dead rise from new line and warner brothers so two really cool hits from the year that we're excited to talk about for this one but andrew before we talk about the horror films let's talk about what even happened this fucking year um God, where do we even begin? I mean, if I'm being honest, it is difficult to remember all the way back to the start of 2023. Like, what the fuck? You know, I, I I do think that like every year I start out the same way. I'm sure that you do too. I'm sure like, listen, probably everybody fucking does. Like you start out the year going, this is going to be my healthiest year yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then like, and then sure as shit, you know, like basically there's an arsonist in your body lighting dumpsters yeah. on, on fire all over the place. So I think that's, that's where it began for me. But I mean, God, Andrew, we have a list here of stuff that happened in the year. Where should we even begin? Yeah. I think like, um, for me this year was, I think like 2022 was like the reset year. You know what I mean? Like we we came out of 2020 and 2021 yeah. with vaccines and masks and blah, 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 blah. God, it's so, so weird. So 2022 was kind of like a, a, a like a, a reignition into like the the year of yes. You know what it I was, mean? Like it was almost like it was almost like a trial year. You know what yeah. I mean? It was like, oh, Wait a minute. What we can, can have, we do? Yeah, we okay, I think that we can have normal life again. What does that actually feel like sort of thing? Yeah, so 2023 for me was kind of like a 
I don't know how you feel about this, but yeah. it was kind of like a mundane year for me where I just felt like I got to settle back into some routines. I don't know what those routines are yet, sure. but I got to figure out like what what is life like now? Hmm. And I, I really feel like 2023 was that year of just figuring out like, okay, here are the new routines. Here yeah. are how things work again. Like here is like what my work life looks like here's Ugh. what my like everything looks like yeah. and it just it was a it was a not a reset but like a reformation of my brain in a weird way that, if that, that makes really sense. it does and it really rings true for me too like especially when you talk about work um 2023 for me was by far the hardest year i've ever worked in my life and like what I mean by that is, you know, our, our company, which is doing very well and we're all very happy with it, but we went through the biggest year of change. I think we've, well, I don't even think I know that we've ever had in the company's history. And so like that, that meant some, some, a little bit of reforming, d d d d doing things in different ways, managing in different ways. And like, as a, as a manager, as somebody who, le who leads not, not one team, but two teams at this company in tech, which is the industry that is literally He's changing. so important. I know, <laughs> aren't I? But, but what I mean by that is like, like, you know, I'm, I'm in the industry that is literally changing like every fucking half hour. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And With like AI and everything. Oh my it's God. Crazy. And th this year was just the year of rapid fire change more than I've ever experienced in my life. And, um, like for me, that was most of my year. And so like, you know, when you're talking about like, um, getting the routines down and like getting back into things, that was, that was the overarching theme for me this year, but besides yeah. health, which I'll talk about later, but like, yeah, it was just like, how am I going to get like, here's the year ahead, lots of change. How are you just going to get through it, dude? And like, yeah, you know, you're, you're a big boy now. <laughs> like you, we, when you're our age, you don't get to complain about shit at work dudes you know what i mean I, like i we're agree not, we're, we're not we're not gen z like we actually have to just like get through it and like just get through it and like or, make it, or change it or change it you're absolutely right but yeah. like, get through it or if you can find a better way cool people are listening but if you can't how do you get through this and just make it the best you possibly can and i that did was have it, a I weird think for you and me yeah no i did have a weird thing the other week where i was like just like sitting there thinking like oh like i have people that work for me yeah this is this is weird like if i want something to change i have to do it now like i don't have anyone to complain to that's like, the truth I, I love it and listen i know there's gonna be some work people listening to this so all of you i love you very much especially people on my team if you're listening to this um you got through it we all did congratulations and if you're on my team suck a dick <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i love anyway it. All right, so 2023 brought us a lot of news. Big time. And I think that we kind of have to hit on some of the big topics that happened this year. Let's just go through this list. Let's just fucking do it. Yeah, so the first thing that the first thing that I when you asked me, "Hey, put together a list of what happened this year." The first thing that came to mind was this fucking Ozempic, Manjaro, all these weight loss yeah well they're not even weight loss drugs they're diabetic drugs yeah it's it's pretty wild um this has permeated i, I don't i don't know how much this is in the eu but oh, in, the, in thing. the u.s this has permeated every news story every reality show every 
movie, like it is literally the topic of everything is how everyone doesn't want to eat anymore. <laughs> Basically, uh, you know, like I, I'll, I, I don't, do you know anybody that's on it or, or, or on like, like a cocktail version of these? Um, I know one person that is experimenting with an off brand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I, I don't know anybody that's act. Oh, actually I do. Um, I will say, uh, over Christmas, Michael's okay. uncles and his aunt who are all, uh, I'll just say it. They're, they're overweight, but okay. like they're, they're diabetic and they're, they're actually diabetic, on it. Though. They're on it for diabetes, but they're, they are, there you go. um, they are experiencing the weight loss, uh, part right. of it sure if that makes sure, sense sure. so like you know look here, here's the thing for me i i don't you know obviously if you're on it for diabetes you know that's you're on it for diabetes like your doctor gave it to you for a reason right um but like i know some people that are using it not on diabetes and um and these are people who are getting it through their like through their pharmacist yeah so it's it's not ozempic it's not manjaro or, or any of the other like name brand ones if there are anymore like it's one that like they like co- kind of like cocktail up or whatever i guess and like, um, you know, it's it's interesting to think about because like in my head, in my head, I go, I, I look at these people and I know them really well. And in my head, and I'm not going to say this to them, of course, and they don't listen to the show, so I'm not too worried about it. But like, I, I look at them and I really mean this in my head. I think to myself, you don't need this. Like you don't, you don't need this. But then I also think about the, the dysmorphia inside my head and inside my body and, and the ways that I've thought about my own self. And I just think, you know what? I mean, like, I don't judge them for it. You know, like, if this is what you want to do, this is what you want to do. The only thing that I'll say is that I'm just, like, worried about it for them. Because, like, I know from the little that I know, I know that, like, if you go off of it, it can be really bad. I know that, like, if you, um, if, like, like, in the initial parts of using it, it can be really hard for your body. And, like, the reality is we just don't know the long-term effects of it. You know, like, we just, I'm, we, don't, we don't know yet. So, it's like I whatever people want to do, do it. But also, I'm just like, oh, I'm just like I'm I'm worried for you. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm of two minds about it, and I think that we probably have the same concern slash understanding yeah. about it. Is that if this makes you feel better about yourself and your body, then congratulations. Like, so be it. Yeah. Y- y- you've, you've, you've leaped a hurdle that most of us can't get over. Like I, like I, I get it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, is that not just enabling self doubt and self hate by using I it? I don't know. I, I don't, see what it, you're saying. It, you know what I mean? Like it's, whatever helps people helps people. And we've said that about the, sh- you know, on the show many, many times, but like, don't compromise your overall health for a, yeah, because we've seen this before. We've seen this with fucking keto. We've seen this yeah. with weight watchers. We've seen this with fucking Jenny Craig. Like there is no quick fix there. There's not. Um, and you know, like, you know, the, uh, uh, the, I'll, I'll, I'll say that for later in the episode, but, but I'll just say like, I, I basically agree with you. Right. And like, you know, I mean, maybe like, and the other part of it too is like, maybe this will turn into a quick fix. Like, what if this is like the miracle? I know. And that's the other side of it. You know what I mean? Like, Like, maybe, maybe this is like the thing. Like, you know, look, humans have been evolving for a long time. You know, weight's been up and down. The, the ideal body has been this, it's been that. 
like maybe fucking the scientists have figured out like, ah, this actually is the thing that will like remove obesity forever. Who who the fuck knows? But we just don't know. And like, yeah, you know, in the end, I just want people to be happy. And look, I get it. I've you and I both, Andrew, I I won't speak for you, but I I think you'll get it. Like we've never been happy with our bodies. I I know what I know what that feels like. I just want people to be careful. That's all. Yeah, everyone pulls up their shirt and says, "Ugh, wish this could be better." Girl, but, like, yes, you know I mean? like hell yes. Please. All right. Anyway, um, moving on to some other things that happened in this year. Listen, the world is getting warmer and crazier. <sighs> yeah, and nothing else said that like 2023, where we oh experienced God. riots, where we experienced. Um, mass shootings where we experienced natural disasters like we've never seen before. Yeah. It's been a crazy year when it comes to uh, just human nature and nature in, in, in general. See, uh, with, tw- in 2023 was the hottest year on record ever. Yeah. We saw the wildfires that happened in Maui, which oh I my still, God. which I still don't think they know how that started started i think there are some i think there are some theories around it but i don't think they actually know but i don't think i don't think we're we're ever gonna know and it's really unfortunate because maui if you've never been there it's a very uh it's a very resort focused island let's be honest that's like what it's there for but it's very beautiful and like half of it looks untouched like Uh literally like you go to the road to hana and on your way back if you take the back roads it's like fucking jurassic park out there like it looks like nothing you've ever seen in your life that's why i think that an entire town which if i'm if my memory is serving me correctly maui only really has one two three four five about six major quote-unquote towns yeah because i mean maui is a it's a very if you've never been to hawaii before maui is one of the smallest islands in in in, in, in hawaii so like there's just there's not that much space to begin and it literally took out an entire town yeah um, which, which means that if you if you live i mean if you live in hawaii but let alone if you live in maui you 1000% know people that died. Like there's no way around it. So like, and like not to mention like the, the community in Hawaii, not just in Maui, but the community in Hawaii is tight. Like people know each other on the islands. So like when this kind of thing happens, it's just devastating in so many ways. Yeah, it was really, and, and you know, uh, I was fortunate enough to get engaged in Maui, and we went to this town for dinner, like, many, many times when we were there, and it's just, it's just so sad when this stuff happens. I, I don't terrible. know how to explain it, and I don't know how to put it into words to express, like, the true feeling of, like, loss that these people have, yeah. but just, ugh, it sucks so much. But it wasn't just in Hawaii. All the way it on was, the other side of America, <laughs> it was on the East Coast, and especially in Canada, where the wildfires were gigantic. Now, Andrew Which and I... Which we experienced firsthand. We yeah. <laughs> Andrew and I met up in um, in, in New England uh, back in June of 2023 for uh, for the for our 100th episode uh, celebration and, and to record. Um, and we did a little haunted trip. We'll talk about that later. Um, but when we got there, we did experience at least some of what was going on with these crazy wildfires. Now, for us, it wasn't nearly as bad because we were further up by Boston. 
Yeah. Um, but like for people in New York City, for example, they got the they got a, a really terrible dose of the wildfires coming down from Canada. Um, Everyone remembers the orange skies. Oh my of, god, of New York I mean, City. <laughs> it, it it was it was photo like out of like a post apocalyptic movie. It was it was absolutely crazy to think about. Now, when we were in Salem to begin our trip, that was when like we definitely felt like the air was heavy. It was it was hazy everywhere, and it just it just sort of felt weird outside, you know, like we, we, we all felt maybe just a little bit winded if you remember. Yeah. Like, well, I, what I would compare experience. it to is if you've ever seen the movie night of the comet. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, totally. There, there, that movie like shows like an orange haze in, in the sky. And that is exactly how it was. What it episode was did we talk weird. about that in? Oh God. Oh, we please, talked please about see, see episode 85 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> We've done 112 of these. I can't name them all. So yeah, it was it was a, a crazy year for climate and just and crazy for the natural disasters that came of it. Now yeah. over in over in my neck of the woods, uh, one of the craziest things that happened in 2023. Actually, no, it was the craziest thing that happened in Ireland in 2023. Was on Thanksgiving night. Um, I was at, I was in America for Thanksgiving. Um, so I missed this in person, thank God. But in Dublin, we had riots like this country has not seen since the troubles. Really, really bad stuff. But it's interesting to think about the riots that happen here um, that we talked about a few episodes ago. So you can go back mm -hmm. and listen to it there. Um, because it's not just happening in Dublin, right? It's happening all over Europe. And it's happening all over America, too. Because what you have are a bunch of right-wing people that are taking advantage of political situations and getting people in the streets and getting people violent. And so this is one of the things that, you know, for me anyway, like I'm... I'm really worried about this going into 2024, just thinking about, you know, the election year in America and thinking about all the stuff that's going to happen just from that alone. But the right wing is on the rise and the riots in Dublin were a barometer of that, I think. Yeah, it's interesting to think. And I want people to like really think about this is that when you and even like our Christian listeners that that, that actually do listen to us with like an open ear is that. You know the the Bible and and Jesus and all all the stuff that you know we're supposed to be told to listen to. They say that the thing that will come for us will separate us. Who's doing that? Yeah, think about it. The, yeah, the, the devil is in the details. <laughs> like, <laughs> so. listen, and and here here's a detail from one devil. When Donald Trump put out his Christmas message on whatever that thing is, Truth Social. He was railing on people, and at the end of the message, he said, may they all rot in hell. Merry Christmas. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is who you people worship. Oh, my God. That's anyway, crazy. I don't want to get too far in the weeds no. on that one. I just, blah. Anyway. Tell me about the insulated cup nation, Andrew. Oh, God. The Stanley Cups are out of control. Has, has, this, has this invaded the EU yet? Not, not at all. In fact, I don't think I've seen any Stanley Cups here. Um, I mean, like you know, like we we love our insulated cups. No, nope. <laughs> but like cup, I haven't seen the Stanley ones. Honestly, Cup Nation is out of control, and I'm sorry if you love your Stanley Cup. Congratulations, you like a cool cup of water. But like, this is out of control. They're everywhere. They are at the movie theater. They are at the restaurants. They are every like literally a woman. I'm sorry, I don't mean to. I don't mean to genderize. No, nope, go ahead, do it, girl. This, but like, there are just 
you don't need water everywhere. Everywhere has water. <laughs> I don't. It's it's insane. Um. So the, this this is a new craze that's happening because of social media, and everyone is literally they're camping outside of targets waiting for stanley no. cups to be released because they have a new color yeah i've i've, I've heard that, that people are camping out for the valentine's day one now I yes um they they now have accessories for the stanley cup oh they can God. wear the stanley cups can now wear jackets and backpacks and they have keychains <sighs> and I I I I I commented on one of our friends' uh, thing the other day that they were talking about, but I literally saw on I, I think it's Reels or TikTok or whatever, a woman carefully peeling off the 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 wrapper so that, so that she could laminate it and glue it back on. What? So that it was protected for all time. It's a fucking cup, freak! Like Jesus Christ! Like I can tell you, me me and Maddie bought very similar cups for camping four or five years ago from walmart for walmart. five dollars seven, seven <laughs> so. years ago was seven years ago and you know what those were those were good cups i lost it in the move but um, it's just a cup <laughs> cup. but i mean like look andrew you and i are old enough to remember the old cup crazes like turvis cups for example or, i know or yeti cups remember yeti cups they were like fucking like like a hundred bucks for a fucking cup i and know like in, in the end guess what girl the walmart one worked just as well you know what i, I mean? know so give it a break people now listen andrew too um house speaker kevin mccarthy was both elected and removed in the same year <laughs> you fucking, fucking guy man you fucking you fucking loser kevin mccarthy you're a fucking loser well, this this party is they're just all, so they're all losers. It's it's listen. Do I think the Democrats have it right? Absolutely not. But like, the Republicans need to figure that <sighs> fucking out, man, because yes. they don't even know who they are anymore. <laughs> yes, they fucking do. And let's talk a little bit more about what happened in the U.S. China sent a secret spy balloon to the United States, which were several shot down <laughs> and. Um, you know, for me as an alien and UFO enthusiast, I was definitely on the UFO train here. Um, I'm still not convinced that that none of this was aliens. I'm just going to say that. You know what I mean? Well, we had some evidence this year coming out of Mexico when you saw that little. Did you? Listen. I'm sorry. Did oh, you yeah. see that little fried Ooh. creature? Ooh, you know I did. You know I did. Like I'm I'm here for it. And like, look, I am definitely that meme of you know the guy with the frazzled hair going, maybe it was aliens. That is yeah. me sometimes. That is me. Um, so I'm not convinced that some You're of that saying, was I, I'm not convinced by the Mexico. <laughs> I, th th that <laughs> was, it looked, it looked like a cake. <laughs> like it looked like somebody had baked a cake. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that <laughs> classic, like, um, uh, what is that meme on the internet? Is it cake or is it real? <laughs> is it cake or is it a dead alien in Mexico? You be the judge. Um, speaking about, um, spacecraft and crafts that don't necessarily work very well. <laughs> the Ocean Gate Titan explodes. Oh, don't <laughs> laugh. Don't laugh. No, it's, it's, not, it's, not it's not funny. But okay, everyone remembers there is a uh, company called Ocean Gate. It's still around. And they have submersibles that take people down to the Titanic. 
um, let, let me correct reason. you. That takes that takes billionaires down. Exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, look, it it is sad to remember this because, like, I mean, remember a fucking teenager was on it. I know. I'm not trying to make that. light of it. But also, like, I mean, it's just like colossally stupid. The the guy the guy that built these didn't listen to the experts and built something that was bound to be destroyed by the immense pressure under the water. And lo and behold, it did. Also, so that, that was a big story for a while. Also. They were going to investigate the Titanic, which sank. Like, babe, like just just watch the movie. Exactly. Like, it's over, <laughs> honey. Like, just watch the movie. Or if you don't want to watch the movie, my dear, my darling, go watch any number of the thousand documentaries about it. Or go to a Seriously. museum. Come here to Ireland. Go to the Titanic Museum in Belfast. Go right ahead. You don't need to go see it under the water. I'm sorry, but you don't. Yeah, go see uh, the Edmund Fitzgerald. It's it's there in Lake go. Michigan. That's <laughs> it, right there. Now, how about Barbenheimer? Huh? How about Oppenheimer and Barbie killing it at the box office this year? Well, the the only thing to really kill it at the box office this year because movie theaters are in trouble. Um, it's it's become very apparent that streaming services are here to stay and. I don't know what movie theaters are going to do. I I mean, listen, we are both previous movie theater workers. We mm-hmm. love the movie theater. We dedicated oh, yeah. a whole episode back in, you know, three months ago oh, to, to great movie theaters. Episode. That was a good episode. But like, we got to figure this out because something's got to change or something's got to give because there's just not enough people being drawn to the theater anymore. And yeah. I, I don't know what to do about it. But Barbenheimer which was famously the weekend where Barbie and Oppenheimer opened, did rake in $235.5 million in the first week. Like, absolutely. It was it was huge. And, you know, Christopher Nolan was really smart to um, get everyone to agree, the studios and whatever, like that Oppenheimer would stay in the theaters for X amount of weeks before it would go to streaming. Oh, I um, actually didn't know that. He did. I, I can't remember the number of weeks, but it was like from when it opened until like basically Thanksgiving. So however many weeks that was, um, because I, I pre-bought the movie on on Apple on Apple. And then, of course, I saw it in the theater, too. Um, and it was it was brilliant because people went to go see it. And I, I, I think like, you know, thinking about about the theaters, it's like, you know, it's it's like Field of Dreams. Like, you know, you build it and they will come, you know, like, you know. Movie theaters are going to have to start making it accessible and possible for people to come to the movies and like, you know, enticing enough to come to the movies. I think that that's the word I'm looking for is enticing enough because I'm sorry, but like, you know, we have a couple of great movie houses here in Chicago and I know you do over there, but for the most part. Our regular, like quote unquote, like regular theaters, the AMCs, the Regals, the whatever, they're shitty. <laughs> like, yeah. So, like, I don't know, like, what to tell you. Like, why what, do we want to go to these shitty places with shitty people where you don't? That's see, like, that's just it. It's it's like when it, if if a few of well, many episodes back, I talked about how I went to go see the new Exorcist in Dublin, mm-hmm. and I had to go to like basically like like the shitty AMC version here, whatever. Uh, the Odeon. The Odeon. By the, by the way. I share your expression about the new Exorcist yeah, movie. Why just, is it, why is everybody being so mean to that movie? It's not that bad. Sorry. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> agreed. People, people, people just have to shit on things. Um, but like you know, going to that movie theater was not a good experience, right? And like, I I really just think that you know what I would love to see across you know at least like thinking about like like America as an American, 
Like, I would love to see a resurgence in small towns of a second run movie theater. Like, there's all these beautiful movie houses that are still on main streets all over America, like the one that I worked in, where like they're being they're being like rehoused to be something else now, like a music venue or this or that or whatever. Bring back the magic of movies. Bring back well, that magic. Bring back that old feel, that vintage feel, the thing that you get when you go to the music box in in Chicago, the thing that you get here at the Stella Cinema in in Dublin, or any number of old movie houses that still exist. Or bring like, them back. What I will tell you is just get people to care. Get them to the, care. The, yeah. the, the people that work there need to care. The people that are going to the movie need to care. Yeah. Like, they need to understand that like we're all there for a collective understanding we want to experience like we don't want to be on our phones for an hour and a half we don't want to like scroll social media we don't want to walk up to the box office and some girl is just chomping on her gum being like what do you want to see like it's it's it there needs to be the experience to bring us back and i i don't know if we'll get there because we're so fucking focused on getting the next thing on tiktok that we can't just experience things anymore i don't I, know how to, I don't I want to explain hate that. tiktok i hate <laughs> it so much um but also listen prob- part of the problem here when it comes to movies especially in the past year were the strikes that we had, oh my god right? oh we are experiencing this so hard oh, on the time. small screen right now so i mean listen there were a number of big strikes this year uh first of all there was the united auto workers strike which was a big deal but beyond that beyond uaw there was also sag aftra and the uh the writers guild of america America, those strikes and look those strikes weren't just america they affected movie making around the world obviously yeah. because america is the hub for it no matter what anybody thinks so like these these meant that people were out of work it meant that people didn't have health insurance because they got it through the union and it meant that content wasn't being produced movies yeah. weren't being made scripts weren't being written things weren't being marketed jobs were on the line and a lot of people suffered in this not well, and that's also audiences also suffered that is part of who suffered that and, that, well, that's and the truth that's why you're seeing so much reality tv on tv like because reality tv is unscripted so like, much shitty reality tv on on tv some yeah. of it's pretty good but <laughs> <laughs> true. no true. but i will say um the the one that strikes me uh, speaking of strikes um is the um the the, the one with the auto workers because gm came in and said they had their biggest year ever and i was like are you fucking kidding me that you couldn't that you couldn't let that cascade down to your actual workers the to the to the amount that they had to go on strike like it's just uh the the amount of wealth that this world uh, could just distribute just makes me so sad <laughs> and and, it, and it's all just a dream all of it like literally it's just all made up wealth is just yeah. a thing that we think and then it, and then it becomes a reality and it's just it's insane yeah now, but also something that is insane right now andrew is artificial intelligence in oh control. we have a whole episode about it <laughs> oh my god in control and out of control now listen i work in tech um where where i see the developments of ai every day in our platform and our software in what we sell to people. Um, and, you know, I see the benefits of it, of course, in some ways, but I also, I'm a bit of, of an alarmist when it comes to AI. I see a future where AI 
doesn't just replace humans in terms of, of work and what we can actually do and produce. It makes us useless. And that is something that terrifies me for our future because useless people have been shown. Well, you know what I mean? I'm putting this in quotes, of course. People who are deemed useless, that's a better way to say it. People who are deemed useless get discarded really easily when things get fucked up in the world. Yeah. And I'm 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 really worried about it when as I see these things happen. You know, like I, I see people that I work with that use AI to write emails or to Oh, I hate um, it. I to, hate to, it. To, to, to respond to clients or this or that. And I tell them flat out, I I will tell any, I don't care what you know position you are in, in, in my company, I will say it to you. Like, do you want to have a job in five years? If you right. want to have a job in five years, please, for the love of God, stop using AI to do your work. Don't do that. You that have is not to good. Like, well, and it's also really bad for our brains. Like it, I, it I'm, is. I'm, I'm not an. I'm like, listen. I'm not a neurologist. I'm not a neuroscientist. But like, yes, I you can, are. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you for my honorary degree. But like, um, it's just it's one of those things that like. It's it's a muscle like anything else. And if you don't use it, it gets lazy. And I feel that as AI starts to be incorporated into more and more things, our brains are getting lazier and lazier. And I just don't know like what we're going to be capable of. Like if everything breaks down, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, I listen, go back and listen to the AI episode. I, I, I explain myself much better and more eloquently yeah. in that Agreed. episode, but I'm just, I'm very, I, I'm like you, I'm very concerned Skeptical. and I'm very worried for artists. I'm very worried for writers. I'm very worried for actors people that have creative on the creative side of things because AI is, using their proprietary brains to make something new and that's really scary well and and just just get ready in an election year for for the presidency of the united states there's going to be deep fakes like we've never seen before and it's and it's uh just the it is terror it's terrifying to think about this election year it really is andrew what's next on our list of what happened this year so also this year, we saw a very interesting, um, well, should I say interesting, or should I just say self-fulfilling prophecy of the anti-trans Bud Light scandal? Oh, this this was so fucking, the whole thing was so dumb. My God. Listen, we stand with our trans siblings in, in, in everything, literally. And to see how this went down was downright despicable because disgusting but like what they tried to do and i should say anheuser-busch because that's the the overarching you know whatever you call it the 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 company right right um is that they literally sent a a, a trans man a trans woman a can of bud light as a promotion for pride which if you're not part of the community bud light and pretty much absolute have always had a huge part of pride every year like it's that's literally 
that's like whether you like those alcohol brands or not or whether you drink or whether you don't there's always like a bud light slash absolute presence at pride for sure. sorry it's been there for like 10 12 years i don't know <laughs> like and they 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 made it a bigger deal this year by sending it to an influencer on you know tiktok slash reels wherever you choose to watch those things and there was a huge backlash and everyone was shooting bud light boxes and throwing the bud lights out and <laughs> And and what did Bud Light decide to do? They decided to back down. They 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 capitulated. And that's that's the sad thing is because if Bud Light just would have said, you know what, we've been doing this for years. I don't care what you think. Drink our beer or don't drink our beer. We're like the number one or number two beer in the fucking whole world. We stand with the people that like drink our beer. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. No. Instead they decided to say, Oh, well, okay. We're going to fire our head of marketing. Who's a gay person. And oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I just, I lost so much respect like for a company that. Listen, and, and, and honestly, it's a company. Like how much respect can I really have for a company? Like if I, if I'm being honest, but like at the same True. time, I was like, you had a moment where you could have made a larger stand and it just and fucking didn't. sucked. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know what, 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 what sucked, you know, I mean, look in, in the end, I, I, don't, I don't even remember the person's name to be honest. Um, but you know, it doesn't really matter. Whoever the, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the, the, the issue wasn't even like the beer or, or that person. I mean, of course it was, but what I'm trying to say here is it it's just larger. Goes, it's the larger it movement just, and the larger thinking. Well, right. It just it just goes to show you that you know people are not going to be on our side when the economics turn the other way, right. and and I think that that is a bellwether for all of us queer people. Is that you know remember they're only going to be on our side as long as the dollar says to. So yeah. all the stuff that we see, all the the developments that we've had, it just you know remember that that like because the economics of it are good, that's why they stay on our side. And you just said it back there yourself. Like, you know, why why respect a company? It's it's not even a real thing. Like, it's not an actual human being. It's not that you can't touch it. You can't touch a company. You can touch a company's things that they make or whatever. But, like, the concept of the company is just in someone's fucking head. So, like, respect it all you want. But that concept will change because that's what it fucking does. It will change with the weather because it will always want to make more money and survive. And for whatever reason, the complete fucking wusses at Anheuser-Busch just said, we're going to let a bunch of hillbillies determine how we run our business. And I think that was just such a, I mean, beyond like the morality of it, it was a poor business decision. Like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Like, come on. Instead, what they could have done is number one, they could have just ignored it. Trust me, ignore something ignore something and oh my it, god it will go away it, it <laughs> this, will go away this is the thing i've been saying about like so many things oh, in god. the last since since like 2016 i've been saying like if you just don't talk about it it'll go away you know what it it just it just takes it takes getting older andrew i think i know really. i know I and know, I know. and and it takes like getting more mature to under and getting more emotionally mature to understand like actually i don't have to talk about this i can yeah. i can walk away from it um so that's what i that's what i think mostly happened there all right maddie what are some of your favorite things in your personal and pod life that yeah. that happened to you 
in 2023? Oh, uh, 2023. Um, the first thing I'll say is I, I had a surgery in 2023 that I haven't really talked about very much. And I'm going to keep it. I'm, I'm going to keep the contents of the surgery still private. I'm just not ready to blast that out. Um, but Andrew, you know what it was and my close friends know what it was. And it was really important to me to have it. And um, that really meant a lot to me because I was at a point in my life where I could finally get it done, where I could afford it and where I could have a much better quality of life. And I'm very grateful for that this year. I'm very, very grateful. That's awesome. So, like, I think I, that as we get older and as we get more financially stable, like we should be able to do these things for ourselves. Agreed. And I think that that's really important. And yeah. like, and, and, and just to feel better about just one fucking aspect of yep. life is all you need. Bingo. It, it really, it really did sort of change my life. So I'm, I'm just really, really grateful about that. And one day I think I'll talk about it. Cause I'd like to share that story with other people who I think also need to hear the story, but that's, that's for another day. Anyways. Um, another thing that happened was our awesome trip to new England. Um, so cool. You know, it was so cool. You like, look, we had, we, we, we got to our hundredth episode. We got to five years of podcasting. Um, and we said, let's, let's really celebrate this in a special way. And so, you know, me and we actually and, did it because we, 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 yeah, talked we about doing a lot of things. Right. <laughs> and so me, Andrew and Michael all met in new England. Um, and we all met in Salem, Massachusetts and spent a few days there. Did, you know, we did literally all the Salem stuff you could possibly do. We did it. We went into Rhode Island to stay in Providence for a couple of went nights. To Fall River. We went to Fall River to go see the Lizzie Borden house. We went to go see the Conjuring house in Connecticut. We went to Newport to tour the Breakers, which, you know, look, that thing is, it must be haunted in one way or another. Duh. Um, we spent spent a night in Boston. Like it was just, it was a really lovely trip. It was a great way to start the summer, a great way to, you know, to get together as, as dear friends that have been friends for a fucking very long time. And, you know, don't get a chance to see each other in our new global era as, 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 as friends. Um, and it was just, it was wonderful. Um, and it was great to celebrate the podcast too. And like, you know, look, I'm sure that sometimes people are like, um, are they done celebrating their podcast? You know what the answer is? No, no bitch, <laughs> we're not because we fucking love doing it. We have so much fun. We love the responses that we get from, from our, our people. And I think that we're just always astounded and proud of it. And so like, it's, it's awesome. Like, I'm just so glad that we did that. Yeah. And, and then I think too, on top of that, like this is a year that we got to meet more of our listeners. Um, you know, like a, a great example is Kyle Curry. Hello, Kyle. And um, Brandon. And Brandon. Yeah. And, and Brandon, Brandon in, in New England. Like, I mean, it's amazing people. And like, it's, it's wonderful to meet these people in person who like just like us so much and we like them and just get to share with them. It's just, that, that's really incredible. It makes you it makes you truly feel like you're not just wasting your time talking for two hours. You know what I mean? Like yes. I don't, if that you know what I, I don't I, I don't, mean, I, get it I, don't exactly. mean, I don't mean to make it sound trivial, but like it really does make you feel better yeah. about the amount of time that you put into this. Yeah. That it means something to someone and to actually yeah. meet those people in real life is really powerful and just yeah. really awesome. So I don't know. Now, one thing I want to talk about too, that we haven't talked about very much is this, we became an independent podcast again. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know, we were on a network uh, before 
And there were, you know, great things about being on a network. And there are some things that can be really challenging about being on a network. And in the end, this was the end of our network this year. Um, ended in June, right after our, our <laughs> right after our 100th episode. Um, and uh, it was a little crunchy at the start. But I think, and Andrew, tell me if you agree with me here. I've never been happier in this podcast. Yeah, because, I think. Because I, think, I really feel like we're back in our stride. And I feel yeah, like we're, we're we're just having we're just having the fun again that we used to have when we started this thing. And it's and I just I love that feeling. Every time we get on the microphone, I just feel free and good and ready to just like do a good episode. And like, you know, we've we've already got all these ideas for this year of new stuff to do. Like just it's just fucking fun, you know? Yeah, I think that just what we wanted and what our network wanted were just different. Yeah. And agreed. I think that it was time. And so yeah. that's, there's, there's no ill will. There's nothing oh, bad about you See you later. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just, it was a very peaceful pardoning of just being like, you know what? I think that yeah. we're going to go different ways yeah. and that's it. So. And, best, and best of luck to all of them is what, I, is what I will also say for sure. Exactly. Andrew, all what right, about so, you for the year? Um, so for me, the year I, I'm very, uh, I, I, I sympathize with a lot of the things that you said, because I think that those were the, the highlights of the year The the trip was absolutely amazing. I can't yeah. believe we were together for six days and we only fought one night, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, but, it's true. It, but uh, honestly, listeners, we were together for 24 seven for six days and six nights. That that's a lot. Eventually, eventually, we're, eventually we're all going to snap. It just happens. Listen, enough Mike and Ikes and anyone will have a sugar rush. You oh know my God. I mean? I, I'm dreaming of those sour Mike and Ikes still. <laughs> But um, no, I think that that was the highlight for me. Um, also, just like, I think that like there was a weird, after after our August break, I felt like there was a weird like pin in our cushion that got removed that just felt like, whew, we can breathe again. Yeah. And, and I don't know what it was. I'm not going to chalk it up to anything, but I feel like we had a reset. And it yeah. felt like we had energy again behind everything. And I, I think that there's a little bit about social media behind that, a little bit about, you know, maybe our network stuff, maybe about our trip, like just all the stuff compounding. Agreed. And I feel like the fall this year really was like a nice, like, poof, and yeah. just like felt new again. I don't know. Um, and I feel like we've really hit our stride as far as like how we communicate and how we put together the episodes and agreed. Yeah. Just, it's just, it's like a well-oiled machine again. And I feel like for like, I don't know, it was probably like six or eight months where I was like, Oh, is this going to end? I don't know what's happening. You know what yeah. I mean? No, no, <laughs> so, I get it. I mean, look, look, like, it's like any other endeavor that you go through. Like there, there are crunchy parts and there are smooth parts. And, yeah. you know, we went through some crunchiness and, you know, I, I think what we talked about, like with this, I, I really think the linchpin is just being back to being ourselves again as an independent podcast. Like we're not beholden to anybody. We just do our own thing and we have the fun in the way that we know we need to have it. That's yeah. the main thing. And that, that's what we're going to keep on doing. All right. Do you have any least favorite parts of 2023? Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The answer is yes. Uh, look, 2023, you know, b- besides my surgery that, that went very well and I recovered extremely well, for, there was no problems with my surgery at all. Around the rest of the year, though, I was sick a lot this year. Like I felt like I was pretty much sick all the time. And I had I had COVID twice. I actually had COVID at the very end of the year, like literally 
from December 21st all the way to the 31st, I had COVID. Um, I finally tested negative on New Year's Eve and went out and had some drinks. Um, but above, beyond that, though, like I, I had constant infections, constant colds, constant this. It was just not my year for health. And um, it, that was tough. Like, you know, but beyond like being tough on your body, like that's tough on your mind, too. And like I had a shoulder injury in 2023 that I that took like eight months of physical therapy to get through. That was like seriously, it was chronically painful every single day. I mean, like I just I went through the ringer in 2023. So that I mean, I, I will say that like that was by far my least favorite part of the year. It was awful. Um, but it also like gave me a new perspective for this year, too, which is my health comes first before anything else. And like resetting for 2024, like before my work, before relationships, before anything, I put myself centrally around my health. And like that's, 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 that's the perspective that I have walking into this year for sure. That's really good because I have like a very similar um, goal. It's not yeah. necessarily like um, I feel like when people talk about like quote unquote like resolutions or like whatever you want to whatever you want to call yeah. it for the new year it's mostly based on like weight loss or like yeah sure. how your body looks or like whatever but like yeah for me this year i really want to focus on like getting on like hey go see your doctor hey yeah. go see the dermatologist hey go see the dentist like yeah. like actually do the things you're supposed to do so that you feel good <laughs> totally you know i, I mean? totally agree totally agree because it's like you know i i think about how you know how we're all getting older and everything like i want to do the things that are going to make me feel strong so that as i continue to get older which is happening like that like my body can work in the ways that i really want it to work and also we fucking pay insurance so go yeah. use it god fucking, it. my god <laughs> yes and i would say that right, what, the, the, the other part of the year that it was just not great and i bet that you agree with this too is just social media and like Ugh. I work in social media too. So like whatever. And like, I can deal with those parts of it, but like, man, Twitter can suck it, dude. Like well, just and also, how awful just... this year with Elon Musk and just destroying that network. But also on top of it, like, and we'll talk about this more when we talk about, um, uh, talk to me. Um, like I'm just tired of, of social media ruling everything. And it, and it does I'm... in so many ways. Listen, I, I'm going to go, I don't know if this is going to become a tirade or not, but I'm just, I'm so, I, I am so sick of people feeling that they need to be contrarian to be. Oh relevant. my God, Jesus Christ. And it drives me absolutely bonkers when somebody goes online and says something like, well, just so you know, I've never seen the exorcist. And I'm like, okay, so go watch it. Like, go I don't know. Like, like, what do you like? Or people be like, I still haven't seen evil dead and i'm like okay go watch it like i don't or, know what's like or on like, top of it like literally everything taking offense to every like nothing nothing on social media can just be a, a statement anymore nothing and like look, there's, there's there's plenty of bullshit out there that like shouldn't be there like don't get me wrong that's not what i'm trying to say right now but like i mean fuck it's like I remember when we were like talking about hocus pocus one year or something and everyone was like oh you cannot like that movie anymore and we were like it's fucking hocus pocus, motherfucker. Like, leave me alone. Right. So let me give you one. Let me give you one little perspective here. Is there is one account that we follow that follows us. That's very nice. Um, but their 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 literal handle is blank loves horror. Like, and I'm not yeah. going to say 
who it is, whatever. Right. But but all they do is put out negative things about horror. <laughs> yes, I know. And what I'm you're like, about. what are you fucking doing? Like, like this is. I don't think you actually love horror, my 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 pal. <laughs> I, I think I think that you should change your handle, my dude, because my darling, um, I don't think you love it. And you know, I I think the thing about it, Andrew, is this: it's like you know, I I was having a discussion with this with this guy uh, that I know at at, at my local on new year's eve of, of all times and it was he was going into dark places politically and i just i i i was about to go home so i said look i said my, my dude you're a good person just do me a favor i want you to think about how cynical you're being right now how yeah. you've fallen into cynicism and this is exactly where they whoever that they is you want them to be it's exactly where they want you to be like right. do me a favor Look at the how good the world can be. Think about the things that you can do right around you right now that you can control. And like focus on that. Like we need more of that moving into this new year. We don't need any more just like hatred about fucking everything. everything. Conspiracies about everything. This oh. and that. And just let it go. Mother <laughs> of God, just enough of it already. Jesus. All right. Any predictions going into 2024 that you would like to put on the, uh, the yeah. <laughs> on the record, if you will? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, look, my, my main prediction for 2024 is this, and I really hope that I am proved wrong. Like, please, for the love of God, prove me wrong. Donald Trump going to win. That that's my that's my biggest prediction of the year. Hope it doesn't come true, but it's what I feel in my heart. And I just ugh, if he wins, it's going to be a bad time. It really will be. I think my biggest prediction for this year is that we are going to see the implications of all of these weight loss drugs. And I think that yeah. there's going to be, I don't, I don't want to say it because I want everyone that has, you know, type one diabetes to have a good life. And I want them to be on these drugs for the right reasons. But all these people that are taking it for weight loss, I think there's going to be side effects that you're not even seeing yet. And I'm so sorry to say that, but I worked in, I worked in this industry and I, I know how this works and I don't think it's going to be good. Well, and look, I, I hope that you're wrong about that too. You know what I mean? It's me like, too. me too. These are things we don't want to have happen, but as we look forward into our crystal balls, oh, I love seeing the <laughs> balls. Um, that's what we're seeing here, you know? Well, I think that will do it for our extra long horror in real yeah. life. That's good. It's but, good. Yeah, if you're a first time listener, they're never this long. But look, it's our first episode of the year, so get over it. We're gabbing, um, whatever. Exactly, we're gabbing a little bit. Um, Andrew, how about this? Let's take a little break, and we'll be right back with what you've been watching, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome back. It's time for What You Been Watching, Bitch. What You Been Watching, you New Year's baby bitch. You cherub bitch. <laughs> you, ch you, little ch you little fat chubby baby with wings, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is the segment of the show where we talk about all we've been watching um and that does extend sometimes to what we've been reading or what we've or been listening, listening to, to. Yeah. or uh, it's just stuff we want to talk about whether it's good bad or in between so maddie what you've been watching you bitch uh I will, I will tell you it was hard because listeners we always choose four things each to talk there about. was a lot this time around and there there was so much and when I, I put my first list down and i was like 
oh, but what about that one? And then I was like, oh, what about that one? Oh, what about that one? And then I was like, oh, Andrew also watched that one. So I'll put that one on there too. But then we we had a couple that we also watched together because I, I watched this one, this one, this one. Look, I watched a lot. But let me just tell you about the things that were my favorite over, over this period, right? So the first one is I finally watched the entire series of Ghosts on BBC. Now, there is the Ghosts on CBS in America. I haven't seen any of that. Um, so I could only I talk about the British one. Um, I will tell you this. The British one is I, I love it. Yeah, I love it so much. It was it was so delightful. It was so funny. Is it still um, going or is it done? No, it it is now done. It just okay. ended. It just ended at the end of this last year with with their their holiday episode. Um, you know, this is something that my brother Michael, who has been also Michael, we just love you so much. Like I love you as my brother, of course, but like I want to start crying now. He's just been a fan of our show from the very beginning. He talks about it to everybody. He listens to every episode. He calls me about the episodes. He texts us about the episodes. His fucking hairdresser listens to our show. What an advocate. Like, he's just, he's he's a great brother and he's a great fan. Anyways, Michael adored the show and I finally got around to watching it because guess what? Watching BBC stuff in um, in Ireland is actually not easy because look at the history of Ireland and England. Um, so I had to buy it all, which I bought it all finally. And it's just exquisite. So if you don't know the story of ghosts, ghosts, it's a really simple premise. There is this big old country house in England. It's called Button House. And it is um, just this beautiful estate, but it's falling apart. And there just happens to be this young couple in London who are looking for a new place to live. While they're looking for a new place to live, she gets a call on her phone that she has inherited a house. Guess what house it is? It's Button House. She didn't even know that she had this in her family, but apparently she had a very rich aunt who died with no children and it fell to her in the line of succession. So she's inherited this huge house. What do they do? They're going to stay. They decide to stay. And as they decide to stay, they eventually learn, this is obviously not a spoiler because of the title of the fucking show, they learn that their house is inhabited by ghosts of the people who lived there before or who died there before or who go all the way back before there was even a house when it was just land. And so you've got this cast of characters of people throughout the ages who are the ghosts in this house. And they are just fucking delightful. And the people that created the show were actually part of a sketch comedy troupe together in England before they made it. And so when you're watching them on screen, there's this amazing chemistry and synergy with all of them. And it's no wonder because they were in a comedy troupe together for a long time. So they made these characters up and it's just, I mean, Andrew, I, I, w- watch the British one in, in full. I've, I've got all the files. I'll, I'll share you. I'll share the Google drive with you. It is incredible. I just I loved it so much. It's heartwarming. It's funny. And I just fell in love with it. And I think that all of you will too. So if you get a chance to watch BBC's ghosts, watch it in full, you'll love it. Well, you will, because guess what's airing on CBS these days? The British version of Ghosts. Because oh, is they it really? Don't, yeah, they don't have any content, so they're just digging up whatever you they can. You know what? To- Great. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I, I really hope you guys all love it, because I just fell in love with it. Yeah, I've seen the um, I've seen a handful of the uh, American version of this. I've also seen a handful of the one you're talking about. Yeah. Um, they're, they're equally funny in like different ways, but, um, it just kind of depends on where your humor lies. I think that the British one tends to be a little drier where oh, the for sure. 
where the American one tends to be a little bit more bubblegum, if that makes any sense. That makes it makes total sense. It makes total sense. But both both are funny. I mean, they're they're half an hour shows where you can turn it on while you're cooking dinner or like whatever. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. Oh, it's I, easy. I I zipped through this whole thing while I had COVID. I was like, let's just fucking go for it. Easy and it watching. Was, it was well worth it. Yeah. All right. My first one is Muscles and Mayhem, and that's not from my porn collection. (laughs) (laughs) It is the unauthorized story of the American Gladiators. Um, Somehow I missed this on Netflix. I think it came out a couple of years ago. I... I don't know about you, but I was obsessed with American Gladiators when I was a kid. Um, obsessed with laser, obsessed with nitro, obsessed with lace. Like it, these it were. Was, it was such a uniquely American phenomenon. Just it was so wild. Well, it's funny because it started in the UK. Did it really? Uh, yeah, and over there, it's just called gladiators <laughs> <laughs> i love it that's great um but anyway so this is kind of just like the backyard story of like how american gladiators came to be they talked to a lot of the gladiators about like how they were cast and like what their story was and everything and like honestly at the beginning i was like okay this is interesting but like where are we going because there are there are six episodes like what, yeah, sure. what are we going to talk about but then they start to talk about like how a lot of the women gladiators were lesbians but weren't allowed to come out sure and how they had to like sneak their girlfriends on tour and like all this stuff and there's even like one really um sad story about like how they got involved with make a wish foundation and like oh wow it's honestly like i'm about to cry but like it's a really good story and there's like a lot of stuff about drugs and a lot of stuff about like you know, alcoholism on the tour and like how yeah. they all like worked together to like, because these were people, these are not actors. Like these were just like bodybuilder type people that right. just like yeah. got a break. You know what I mean? So sure. it was, if you haven't seen it yet, go on Netflix and watch muscles of mayhem. I'm just telling you, if you are of an ilk, I'd say if you are between 30 and 45 and you watched American gladiators as a kid, you're going to love this and it's going to show you a new light on some of these things that you never thought was going on behind the scenes. So very cool. Got to watch it. Um, my next one is, uh, I really battle with whether to do this one or something else, but I'm, I am going to do this because I don't think a lot of people have seen it. Um, and so maybe here's something new for you. Um, it's another BBC show called Detectorists. Never um, even heard of it. Yeah. Right, right. And so uh, Detectorist, it, it only had three seasons. It was like 2014, 2015, and then like randomly like popped up again, like 2018 or something. Um, it is, uh, it stars Toby Jones. Um, and if you don't remember who he is, just Google him. And you'll see he's been in a shitload of movies that you've seen before for sure. Um, Mackenzie Crook is also in it, who's been in, a, in, a, in an awful lot of stuff, who's really, really good. He's, he was in the British office and, uh, and a bunch of other things, too, Pirates of the Caribbean, that, you know, that, that kind of shit. Um, and it's it's basically their two characters, Andy and Lance, who are metal detectorists. So they have metal detectors. They go around <laughs> fields. Yep, I know. It sounds ridiculous. They go around fields looking for buried treasure, basically. So these right? are these guys on the beach that come yep, and, and disturb your... <laughs> right. So look, I had I had never heard of the show before, and it just like popped on like on Netflix was like it was like the next up, and it showed me a little trailer of it, and I was like, huh, I might be into that. Sure, 
and I, I, I was definitely into it. Now, look, this is a quiet little show. It is. It's not super exciting. If you're looking for something quiet and calm to watch, that like is both, um, you know, if you like British humor, it's it's funny, but it's not like it's not built to be a comedy. Um, then you might really get into this, and it's really touching. And you watch these lives unfold that like you didn't think you were going to be into, but you are. And like I'll be honest too, like it kind of gave me like I was like wow i kind of want to try metal detecting now like that would be no kind of no uh, well, listen i can't because trust me i've already looked into it in ireland and it is illegal to, to use metal detectors on this island so we can't even do it here if we wanted to um but it's um it's really good so i mean look i know it sounds ridiculous but if if you have it on your netflix give it a shot it, i was really surprised with how good this was it's also pretty short like i said it's only three seasons they're all short episodes um, so just give it a watch. It might warm your heart in the same way that it warmed mine. Good. Well, I'm glad that it's illegal for you because I could see you falling oh. down a, a, a well of, Andrew, of metal I, detecting. Oh, like I, I was on a hike today um, at this place called Powers Court here. It's this beautiful part of, 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 of Ireland, a beautiful waterfall, all of it. And I, all I could think about was, mm, I bet there's some good shit to spoil here. <laughs> like. <laughs> We don't need another thing for you to get obsessed with. So. No, no, we don't. <laughs> All right. My second one is Cobweb. Um, I thought I thought a lot about like what to put on this list because yeah. they're there I mean, over the holidays we have a little bit more time off, a little bit more time to to watch stuff. I, I caught up on so much. And I my list, I keep I literally keep a list in my phone because I wouldn't remember otherwise sure. what I watched. And I, I was going through it and I was like, you know what? What movie or movies do I want to highlight? And I just Cobweb came to the top of my list there because Cobweb is currently on Hulu. Um, if you don't know what this movie is, it is Lizzie Kaplan, um, famously for Mean Girls and many, many, many other things. Sure. Um, and Anthony Starr, who is currently, I think, on that show, The Boys on okay. Amazon Prime. Um and it's basically about their son and their son. It opens with him like hearing skitters in the wall. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, think of like a squirrel or like a rat or something like in the wall. And it kind of just goes from there. I don't want to give too much away because that is a very complex movie. Um, but there was something about the way that they filmed this movie and the way that the actors committed to their, weirdness that was very like um how can i say this very like kind of like uh barbarian if you remember that movie yeah oh, uh, oh my god how, how can you forget barbarian jesus but like you know how like at the beginning of that movie like how those actors kind of just were like what's going on here like what's yes yeah, i like, do it was very like mysterious like that and they just committed to like that kind of a thing and i gotta tell you this movie's great it's awesome really really good and it's on hulu right now i think for you you would probably be able to get it through disney plus um but I, I think that i still have to rent it but I, honestly it's been on my mind so I'm, I'm glad that you're saying it again now because i i've meant to watch it and i just didn't do it yet so Ooh, I it's good will. girl yeah, it's got a it's, it's it's got a good twist and it's also got some good um unexpected gore i oh, will good. say that so it was fun it was just like a good a good mysterious movie that nice. honestly we don't get that much anymore i feel like everything is so predictable that this one kind of took me like 
out of left field, if you will. So go literally, watch Cobweb. Literally everything. Well, the good. This is really good to hear. Um, great. My next one is uh, which one am I going to choose? I can't decide, Andrew. I'm going to choose. I've seen one and I haven't seen the other. <laughs> um, I'm going to choose. Uh, fuck. I'll do. I'll do. Leave the world behind. I'll do. Leave the leave the world behind. That's the um, one I've seen. <laughs> yeah, leave the world behind is on Netflix. It had oh my God, who's in it? Andrew. It is Ethan Hawke, um, Julia Roberts, and Mahershala Ali. And um, um, what's his face from Hollow Man? Oh, oh, Ke- uh, uh, Kevin Bacon. Duh, why? Why of all Kevin Bacon movies did I say Hollow Man? <laughs> I know, right? Like, how did you choose that one? Um, <laughs> listen, uh, I really like this movie. Um, the, the movie is based on a book, uh, of the same title. It is, um, sort of like a end of the world post-apocalyptic movie, um, which I, I get really into those movies very, very easily. They, they definitely just like get me going. Um, and this one is about a family who, um, they're, they're a little bit well-to-do and they, uh, go from New York to upstate New York and they decide to a little bit well-to-do. A little, yeah, they're very well to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and like you know, Julia Roberts is the mom, and Ethan Hawke is the dad, and he's a professor, and she's like an executive. And they take their their two kids to go to this beach house for the weekend to just get away from everything to leave the world behind. As they do that, they um, go to stay at this beautiful like Airbnb. It's a huge house. It's absolutely stunningly gorgeous. And while they go to the beach that first day that they're there shit around the world starts to go haywire i won't say what it is we'll leave it we'll leave it there because it just is and at the same time the family who is supposed to be renting this house to them (coughs) because everything has gone haywire they need to come back to the house so yeah i mean my voice voice got really dry there um no, no no um what i will say about this movie is that like i really liked the setup and i liked the first half I'm not sure they quite landed the landing. Uh, the 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 very end landing I wasn't a big fan of to be honest. But I will say that the movie really scared me. And um it scared me because it presents a future that is entirely possible. Yeah. For and sure. I think that those are the 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 kind of like end of the world movies, the eschatological movies um that like that freak you out the most because they're the ones that could happen. And that's what you're just like. I mean, I I sat there the whole time in an emotional state, just like, holy fuck, what if like this this could be right around the corner, sort of sort of deal. And how would we deal with it? So I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm sort of interested in reading the book to see how see how that goes too. Um, but that's that's my next one. Leave the world behind on Netflix. Yeah, I think like what I said, like I liked it until I didn't like it. If that I, makes any I, sense. I, no, I totally get that. I do. Um, I did like when Julie Roberts looked at the camera and said, I fucking hate people. (laughs) (laughs) That part I did enjoy. Also, Um, also, the soundtrack was good, too. Um, my, my third one is, uh, a murder at the end of the world, which is I watched a this. show. It was good. You I did? Oh, you did? did? Yeah. Good. Um, this is a show on currently on Hulu for me. I don't know where you watched it. Uh, Disney I Plus, watched probably. it on Disney plus. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this is, let me try to explain the show without explaining too much about it. Um, this is basically about a girl who is a amateur sleuth who wrote a book about a, uh, a murder that she solved and she is invited to an elite meeting 
at the end of the world, which for this is Antarctica. Uh, no, no, Iceland? they were they were in Iceland. Yeah, uh, somewhere somewhere cold, <laughs> where um, an eccentric billionaire think Elon Musk think you know one of those type of guys. You know, Elon Musk, but nicer almost. You know what I mean? A uh, different outlook on how they want to be remembered. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, he basically every year has this like uh, meeting of the minds, if you will, of yeah. like all like the brightest people in the world to come together to like figure out stuff. And she's invited. On the first night, one of the people that is there is murdered. So and so go on from there. I don't want to explain too much from there right, because there's sure. a lot of intricacies throughout the show. Um, I thought this show was brilliant. Um, I really liked how they examined AI. I really liked how they examined relationships and yeah. true crime. And like all these things are interwoven into like a really tight story, if I'm being honest, because yeah. There's not going to be a murder at the end of the world season two. Like this is no. just one isolated thing, which I think we need more of. But Agreed. <laughs> thank you. And like, um, I love seeing Clive Owen on my screen again because I think Clive Owen's yeah. a, a great actor. Um, I need to rewatch Closer. I think that's like one of my favorite of his. Totally. Epitaph, you know, um, but like, I don't know. I the, for some reason, and honestly. You know how we talk on this show, how we say like, oh, these are so long. Some of these episodes are over an hour. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't care. Agreed. <laughs> so good. Yeah. I mean, like, look, the, the show has so much going for it. Um, it it's, it's, it's written and directed by Britt Marlene and by Zal, ba, uh, Zal Batmanglij, such a difficult last name, um, but also a beautiful last name. Um, and they are the people behind the OA, which I was obsessed with. Oh, well, that, that explains why that actress is in this. <laughs> exactly, right? And, it, and, it, and it, if you think about it, like, it has kind of a feel of the OA as well. Like, there, there are parts of it that are, that are kind of similar in some ways. Um, but 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 beyond that, like I mean, th- there's so much talent in here. Britt Brit Marlene is in the show, of course. Um, Emma Corrin is in it, who plays the main character. Emma Corrin, uh, like the biggest thing that she's done besides this would be in The Crown. She played Princess Diana, and she was fucking amazing as Princess Diana. But and then honestly, also, it's really ahead. weird because I had to tell. I told my. I'm like that girl looks familiar. I thought she uh-huh. was from something else, but like. And I told him, like, oh, you watch The Crown. She, she apparently plays Princess Diana. And he was like, holy shit. Like, yep. she's completely different in this movie. So different. So different. But then also, of course, Clive Owen and Harris Dickinson. Harris Dickinson, beyond being incredibly attractive, number one, um, is a fantastic fucking actor. And he was in, last year, he was in um, the crazy movie about models on the boat. I can't remember the name of it right now. Oh, oh Triangle of Sadness. There you go. Uh, in 2022, he was in it. Um, fantastic actor. And I think he did a great job in this too. So like it's, it's the, it's the cast, it's the directing, it's the writing. I had so much fun with it. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, this is one of those ones that we just turned on because there was nothing else to watch, but I'm also really happy that we did. And so like, if you're looking for something that will kind of draw you in, I think that this is the show that will draw you in. Yeah, it's just really good. A Murder at the End of the World. It's on Hulu. It's on Disney+. Plus. Go see it. The next one we both share. Yeah. It has taken over the internet. Whether you hate it, love it, <laughs> think it is mother, think it is the best thing you've ever seen or the worst thing you've ever seen. It is Saltburn. 
Saltburn. Uh, okay, Saltburn. So Saltburn, I saw it in the cinema. And I went. I, w- I was on a date with a gentleman that I am dating right now. And, gentleman caller. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll talk more about that later. Did maybe just not on the show. Um, anyways, we saw it on a date, and we had a great time seeing it. Um, it, it Saltburn is crazy. Saltburn um, has Ireland's own Barry Keoghan, who is just experiencing an in- honestly an incredible career for this boy. Like, I mean. Barry Keoghan is from a very poor part of Dublin, and this is a bit of like a Cinderella story for him, man. Like, I mean, he is, it's incredible w- w- watching his rise. Anyways, he was fantastic in this as Oliver Quick, who is a student at Oxford who um, just finds a way into a beautiful estate yeah. called Saltburn, which is the family house of Felix, who is this beautiful boy played by Jacob Elordi um, or Allardy. I don't really know how to say his last name. Um, anyways, um, Jacob, not Jacob, Felix is like the like the the main dude at Oxford. Like everyone wants to be his friend. He's the well, super rich. the well to do, if yeah. you will. Oh yeah, like every girl wants him, every guy wants him. Like he's the person that everyone wants to be around. And he befriends Oliver, um, who is really smart, and he's at Oxford for a reason, but he might be like from the other side of the tracks. Um, now, look, we're not going to give anything else away, Andrew, so let's be very careful about that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there, there is a lot to give away here. But this movie is great. Like, There's so much good stuff in it. Rosamund Pike is in it. Carrie Mulligan is in it. Archie Medekwe is in it. I think that's how you say his last name. Allison Oliver. Like, Fantastic cast. And a story that is truly wild. Um, what's her name? Emerald Fennel. Yeah, Emerald Fennel is the director. Um, she did a great job with this. Like she was, she's fucking amazing with this. And like, I would say that there are like, I, there, there's one part of it that I can't talk about without giving it away. So I've, obviously, I sure, won't. Sure. But sure, like, sure. there's a couple of things where I'm like, oh, I wish you had brought this person back, or I wish you had done this. But like, whatever. At the end of the day, like, it was a fun movie to watch. It's a sexy movie to watch. And like, I mean, it's just, it's a crazy story. It really is. Yeah. Um, I loved this movie. Yes. Uh, this was kind of what I needed to like, how do I say this? I needed this movie to just like reawaken like fantasticalism for me in, in my way. Okay. Not sure. Not like a, not like a, not like aliens and like weird things yeah, way, but just it. like there was something about this movie that just like kept you going and kept you going. And you're like, wow, I could watch probably like three more hours of this. Like, uh-huh. I, like, like you just kept watching exactly. and not knowing. And like, and I love like, and what, and what I really love about the movie is I, there is a sexual ambiguity to all of the characters. Oh man, that just like is so freeing in a weird way. Oh, yeah, of just like who knows who's gonna hook up? Who knows who's gonna like be with this person at the end? Who knows? Like, I don't you'll, know. You'll 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 never look at water draining in another way again. Well, it's just there's a only a woman could direct this because. Yeah. They understand sexuality without a uh male lens. Yeah. Because sure. sexuality growing up as a as a man, and I and I don't I don't mean to stop, make this sound in a weird way or anything, but like we are so pushed down yeah. sexual like sexual wise as as boys that we don't know how to express sexuality. Like we don't. 
Like we just don't, we have to learn it like much later in life. And this movie felt like to me, like how I felt when I watched. And this is, this is going to give a tiny bit away. But when I watched the talented Mr. Ripley for the first time, yeah, sure. I get this is how I felt. Like I was like, Oh, you can be more than just one way. Oh yeah. I don't know. It was an interesting watch for me. I think that it's interesting to see the internet's take on this movie because I'm seeing, I'm seeing two and I kind of alluded to this in my, in my intro to this movie, but I am seeing two different, two different things. You have the kind of like queer ish community, because I'll kind of put that like in a, in a bucket uh, that are saying, this is wild. This is so fun. This is crazy. And then you have this very straight laced community that's saying, this is the fucking stupidest movie I've ever seen. I I I think if, if anybody watches Saltburn and feels that way, I think that they're either 70 years old or <laughs> or or they're just or they're just they're dumb. I mean, like this is this is this is a movie that gives you a little bit of everything. And um like I don't think it's a spoiler to call the movie a mystery. Like also, no. so like I think that I think that's just it is like, I mean, look at it that way. Go into it with an open mind. And like look, Emerald Fennel is now how Emerald Fennel is only 38 years old is beyond me, but she is only 38 years old. And Emerald Fennel has done a fucking lot. Like Emerald Fennel was in The Danish Girl. Emerald Fennel was in Call the Midwife. She plays Camilla Parker Bowles once again in The Crown. That comes back around. Um, she directed Promising Young Woman, which is a movie that I really loved. I thought was just fantastic. Um, even though some of the criticism of it, I just thought was a bit ridiculous. Um, and like, I mean, she's just, she's just fucking cool. And this is a movie that is so stylized. Like the stylization of everything in this movie is so just like complete. And I really love that when people, when, when directors create a whole world that you Mm -hmm. can fall into and Saltburn is a world that like, I mean, come on, are you telling me that you watched Saltburn and you didn't think like, fuck, I'd love to live in that house too. You know what I mean? Like how, and, and you weren't thinking like, you know what? God, it would be fucking amazing to be that fucking rich. Also, it? we got to talk about the soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack is, <laughs> is is wonderful. I mean, it's so good. Oh, I forgot about Murder on the Dance Floor, and then I was oh. transported back to 2008 oh at the closet in well, Chicago, oh Illinois. My God, closet. But I mean, like, like so, I mean, Sophie Ellis Bexter was probably just like, I can't, I can't believe that's what they did with the song, and she, I'm sure she loves it. In fact, I, I know that fucking, she does because she actually uh, wrote about it. Benny Benassi push me. Yeah. Like, like, come I mean, on. Like, when was the last time you heard that song? <laughs> I mean, it's like so much fun. And also like, you know, when, when they're in the scenes where they're at Oxford, that's like kind of like when I was in college. Uh, well, actually when we were both in college, it's right. Yeah, around this, era. this is this. It's us. And I think like, I think this is why we might love this movie so much is this is, our time. This yeah. is our time. <laughs> Without a doubt. And I mean, I th- I think it really does speak to the, those parts of all of us that that you know think that we're destined for something so much greater than what we are, right? And and this is a movie that 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 plays with it and deals with it and deals with all the sexuality that you talked about, and it's a mystery at the same time. It's a winner. This movie is an absolute winner. Yeah, I can't wait to see what she does next. Saltburn was 
great. And I have not stopped singing Murder on the Dance Floor for <laughs> three weeks. So. Or, or dancing to it, but we'll leave that uh, to your imagination. Now, folks, that does it for What You've Been Watching, Bitch. Andrew, on this wonderful episode, brought us Muscles and Mayhem, an unauthorized story of American gladiators on Netflix, Cobweb on Hulu, A Murder at the End of the World on Hulu, and we both had Saltburn, which you can watch on Amazon Prime. And Maddie brought us the BBC version of Ghosts, The Detectorists on BBC slash Netflix, and Leave the World Behind, which you can currently watch on Netflix. So folks, we'll take a little break here. We'll be back with our first film of the episode, Talk to Me. You busy tonight? You want to turn, eh? My mum leaves at nine. So you're ten. Where'd you get it from anyway? Apparently it was the hand of someone who could connect with the dead. I heard it was the hand of a Satanist. And the other hand's just out there. White people shit, man, I tell you. <laughs> All right, let's do this! You know the drill. Say, talk to me. Talk to me. Haley, fucking stop it, he's choking! 83 seconds, get it off him! What if we open the door, but we didn't shut it? Delete it. Delete it, come on! The spirits, they followed us. We have to do something! You want to do it again? Stop. What was it? What? I don't know! I let you in. I let you in. Oh my god. In the words of the kid from Stir of Echoes, talk to me. Maddie, tell us all about talk to me. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that reference. Yeah, I do. <laughs> now that you say it, I do. Um, you call, they'll answer. When a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand, they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far and unleashes terrifying supernatural forces. Talk to Me is directed by Danny and Michael Philippou, written also by the Philippou brothers and Bill Hinsman and Daly Pearson. Production and distribution by A24. Mia was played by Sophie Wilde. Jade played by Alexandra Jensen. Riley played by Joe Bird. Daniel played by Otis Danji. Sue played by Miranda Otto. Haley played by Zoe Tarakis. 
Joss played by Chris Olosio, and Cole played by Ari McCarthy. It is rated R. It's 95 minutes long out of Australia. It was released July 28th, 2023. It was filmed in Adelaide, South Australia, in Australia, of course. Budget $4.5 million, and it grossed $92 million at the box office. Um, this was not my first watch, but I believe it was for you, Andrew. So tell me what you thought. Yeah, this was a first watch. Um, I have been waiting for this movie to go to somewhere because yeah. I was for sure thought it was going to go to some streaming service. So I just have been holding out, holding out, holding out, holding out. Okay, sure. forced my hand with the podcast, so yeah. I had to rent it. Um, but uh, no, I really, really liked this. Um, obviously, this is one of the biggest movies of 2023. Everyone has it on their top lists of horror movies for the end of the year. Um, very well received as far as like a, an yeah. Australian film in America and around the world. Um, uh, so I went into this with pretty high hopes and for the most part they were met. I liked this quite a bit. I thought that the actual like story was pretty unique given the landscape yeah. of horror that we're usually given. Like this was a unique take on, on things, which I, I really liked. Agreed. Um, I think the only thing that really, uh, left me just left me like a little bit, like, I don't know, uh, distracted. I think that would be the the best word is that this fucking bitch, like she just can't open her eyes wide enough. Like girl, you are making all the wrong decisions at all the wrong turns. Like stop, stop, stop listening to the ghosts. And listen to the real people. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I, mean. I, I, I think you hit on something there. But um, no, overall, I really liked this. I thought it was filmed beautifully. I thought that everyone in it, um, including who plays the mom? Miranda Otto, who is also in Babadook. Yes, yes. That's what I noticed her from. Um, but like, I just, I thought that all the characters were very real. And how they reacted to things was really real. Yeah. And I think that I really appreciated that part of it. Like I said, the only thing that took me out of it was this main character was honestly for me insufferable. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. I don't know. But you, what do you think? No. So listen, I'm, I'm actually I'm glad you feel that way. So um, so first off, I saw this movie in the cinema first when it when it came out. Um, and I, I remember seeing it in the cinema and like, it was one of the, the, one of the few times now where like the cinema was fucking full, like it was packed full of people. So it was an, it was an uncomfortable experience for that reason anyway. But also of course, just watching the movie can be very uncomfortable. There are, there are at least two scenes in this, in this movie that are so brutal that they are extremely difficult to watch. And I, I, I challenge anyone to watch the scene with the brother where he first becomes possessed and then starts to beat himself across the table and, and pull try out, to pl- and pluck out his own eyeball. <laughs> I, I challenge anyone to watch that and not look away. I, I don't think that it's possible. Um, Thank and God then, that little doggy survives. Oh my God, seriously. <laughs> I was but so then, nervous for that. I know, right. And then the second time that I watched it was for this. And, you know, look, it's it, for me, it's it's actually it's funny that it's on Netflix over here um, so you can watch it whenever you want kind of thing. Um, and I have avoided watching it, not because I didn't like it, but because I just know how hard it was for me to watch. And so watching it for this for this episode was was a, a bit of a challenge. But I finally did it yesterday. 
Um, and look, I, I, I really liked it when I first saw it, and I liked it even more now. And I think that what you're hitting on with the main character, which is Mia, um, is smack on. And I think it's what the, the, the filmmakers want you to feel. And I think that the reason why is because what this movie turns out to be, number one, if you don't know the Philippu brothers, the Philippu brothers are behind Raka Raka, which is a very, very famous YouTube channel. So they are YouTubers and have been YouTubers since like 2013. They have millions of subscribers, billions of views, blah, 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 right? They're, they're trying their hand at filmmaking. And I think that they are unlikely geniuses for what they've created here. And here's why I think that. Because this movie is an excoriation of both themselves and their target audience. Hmm. And I think this movie is looking specifically at Gen Z and saying, you need to wake the fuck up and stop spectating all the fucking time. And that's, hmm. in the end, what this movie is really about, right? But beyond all the horror, you've got these, these, the, these, these kids, truly these kids, who have found something really addictive. They found something that is like fun to watch until it becomes not fun. And every time in this movie that it becomes not fun, watch the screen. They don't do anything. They do nothing. I they, know. It drove they me just, insane. They just keep watching. They just keep spectating from afar. Oh until God, you have finally, no idea. How many times in my notes I say, can you just yeah, fucking do something? Do something. Like, but, but, and and that's just it. We we have a I mean, look, and I'm not trying to like no one should take what I'm trying to say here as a, a full on generalization. But like, look, we're talking about a movie and we're talking about the message of the movie. And this is what I'm getting from it. And like, look, my generation isn't clean in this either. Right. We've got people all over the place that are obsessed with looking at fucking TikTok and looking at fucking Instagram and not I mean, doing anything in the world that they're actually watching these things happen. I mean, they just we started there, it. We started I mean, it. True. But like they they just don't do anything. And so this becomes looking at at at, at spectating, at, at the art of spectatorship and and watching these people do it and then fucking feel like they're absolutely powerless to do a fucking thing. I was the, just watching something last night where yeah. it was talking about the mid-90s where all we did was watch fucking the Menendez brothers sure. court case where we watched OJ's court case. Like we're not cleaning this either, but no, like, I understand is. what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like the, I mean, look, the, the movie is, is about young people that that's what it's doing. And I, I think that, you know, if I was a member of that generation, I might watch this and go, Hmm, how do I consume social? How do I consume video? What are the times that I'm just watching and not acting? What are the times that I'm like not, participating i'm only spectating i'm only laughing at i'm only egging it on so that i can see even more of it and that's what this turns into i didn't so, even think about it that way i'm glad that you're kind of because I, that's where i was getting frustrated with the yeah. movie and now that i'm hearing what you're saying and what the goal of the filmmaker that makes a lot more sense. Could be, could be. The other thing that I really like about this movie too is, you know, I I, I like to think about, um, it's like when I watch Stephen King movies, right? Like one of the things that I really love about watching Stephen King's stories come to life is that I think that Stephen King has this really interesting vision of an afterlife, right? And I've, I've talked about this before on at least two of the episodes where like in Pet Cemetery, for example, like there are, there are bad things and good things about this afterlife, but like generally there are spirits out there that will try to help you, 
right? There is some hope in Stephen King's afterlife or like in Dr. Sleep, right? At, at the, you know, at the end of it, if you think about when, um, uh, what's the girl's name in Dr. Sleep? Rose the Hat. Uh, no, um, uh, Abra, when Abra's talking oh. to her mom at, at the end of the movie, right. Or at the end of the book even. And you know, the mom is like, Oh, who are you talking to? And she's like, Oh, I'm talking, you know, she doesn't say it. And then she's like, Oh no, I'm talking to Dan and I'm talking to dad and mom. I don't know what happens exactly, but they, we go on, we go on and, and they're okay. And they're happy. Like there's this vision of, of a hopeful afterlife from Stephen King that permeates his books. <laughs> You know, and and it, and it's really really good, and it, it's just something interesting that I like to think about. The vision of an afterlife in this movie is terrifying. Hell. Absolutely, <laughs> it is. It's so terrifying that like actually, I was I was about to watch this movie on one night, and like I thought about it, and I got too scared to watch it. Like literally, I got too scared to watch it, and I have a fucking horror podcast for God's sake, like. It, I, I think that the vision that they put forward here is like you just said, it's one of hell and where spirits are tormented and where they are left to rot until someone lights a candle. And then only then do they have illumination when a candle gets lit by someone in our world right now. And, and they are all very angry and very horny <laughs> big time. Right. And so like, you know, you, you see, you know, when, when eventually like when Mia talks to the little girl in the hospital and she shows her where Riley is and how they're tormenting supposedly. him. Supposedly. Yeah, supposedly, because we do have to take it all with a grain of salt. You're absolutely right. But, you know, given what the other spirit says, we can kind of believe that that might be true. I don't think so. I'm going to challenge you oh, on that. Interesting. I'll, I'll get, to, I'll get to it in Go a ahead. second. No, no, no. I think that this, I, I, I think that. In this movie, I don't, and you know what? Uh, I'll just go on like my little thing of like what, yeah, what go I ahead, took do away it. from the movie is like I don't think that these are actual spirits. I think that this is a malevolent demon that is lying to everybody. Really, and it's taking the it's it, and you know what you can you can think about the ending in a different way, but like I all it does is lie. Everything huh. it does is lie. And so I think that what it's trying to do is manipulate Mia into killing Riley. Obviously that's part of the movie, Yeah. but like it, it, all it does is lie to her the entire time to manipulate her into doing what it wants to get more souls. Interesting. And so I don't think that these are actual people ghosts. I think that this is something darker and something. So like, do you think it's just one ghost the whole time? I do. I think it's one. I think. Uh, let me not say ghost. Or one, one, one entity. Yes, I think that this. Wow, movie, I didn't even think about it that way. Interesting. And it manipulates you into what you want to hear or what you want to see into doing what it wants to do. Wow. And I think that it sees. I think that it sees something in Mia that is damaged, given her her parental yeah. situation, that it can take advantage of to do what it wants to wow. get more souls. And I listen. I'm not the filmmaker. Sure. I'm, but like everything in me believes me that like the ghost of her mom's, that's not her mom. That's yeah. oh, something it's not else. her mom at all, for sure. Like the ghosts of all these people, like showing her like um, a Riley, like writhing in hell or whatever. I think that that's just that to get her to do what they want. Huh. Like I think it's all, I think it's, I think that it's, it's honestly, it, if you want to follow like Christianity and whatever, it's the devil. It's the, yeah, the prince sure. of lies. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. kind of how I took it anyway, but that's wow. just how I took it. 
Um, look, this movie has scenes that are just insane. We mentioned one earlier where uh, Riley um, f- is possessed first by, quote unquote, the mom of Mia, but then suddenly goes into another possession of a very vengeful spirit that wants to, as another spirit says before, or maybe the same spirit, whatever, wants to split him. Um, and <laughs> once that spirit takes over or whatever, it is haywire. I mean, I do, like, I do like that scene where she, where Mia is first inhabited, and it, they go, they like you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is it's it's terrifying. And like Riley is this like sweet, you know, young teenager who's just like trying to fit in and like and like be cool, wants to do this really bad, and like his sister won't let him, and like he finally does it, and things just go so off the wall bad. And like, I mean, like you can't help but like feel awful for this kid. I mean, feel fucking terrible for him. Yeah, like, that's it's awful. What happens to him? It's terrible. No, it 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 totally is. And like, that's the other the other like subtle struggle I had with this movie is the sister. So is that Jade? Right? Yeah. Um, is that she is kind of seen as the straight laced one if you will because she's like dating like the christian guy and like blah 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 but like the i don't know there's a weird implication there because she kind of comes off as like a nag like as like a yeah she is like a like don't do that don't do this don't do that don't do this don't do that but at the end she's right <laughs> so well, i don't I mean, know yeah. like I mean, it's like, a weird there, there, like, there, there, i mean there had to be a foil in, in in the story and so it makes sense that it would come in the form of this sister right the, well, the, the, I, the, mom, I like, the mom would be too heavy-handed i like the foil of the mom where she literally says if you're gonna have a party i'm gonna <laughs> right. punch you in the face that's <laughs> <laughs> so good the, the other like the other best line in the movie is when like the one spirit comes on and um and Haley goes Haley goes or maybe it was Joss I can't remember which one but wait, it's her I have it in my notes yeah. uh, and she goes yo the spirit's a cunt oh my god I literally <laughs> have that in quotes in my notes yeah. it's so good um I mean you know the 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 movie is just it's no surprise to me that this is the second highest grossing movie for a twenty four. Um, it has a little something for everybody. It's it's big for horror fans for sure. I don't know many horror fans who don't like this movie. To be honest, I think everyone, you know, whether they loved it or not, might might be a question. But everyone liked this movie, and I think you know one of the reasons is something that you said earlier too is that this was a really unique movie. Like this is, it's for a sure. storyline that came out of nowhere. Nobody expected a fucking embalmed hand to be the thing that that works right now, right? And I mean, like the only thing that that kind of comes close to this is like um, the the story, uh, the monkey's paw, like way back in the day, and that's like early twentieth century shit. So like that, this came about. It's a really inventive horror film, and I think people really got into that because the story is just so new, you know. Yeah, and once again, um, not to give anything too much away about Saltburn, but yet again, another weird bathtub scene. <laughs> Uh, yeah big time big time also Um, the the insane ringtone in this movie there's a ringtone that keeps going off uh that is something like this and yes jade's ringtone it's like every time you hear it you're like is this actually real but like props to the filmmakers for like they just they they commit to that ringtone you know what i mean like they fucking commit to it yeah i I, I I think I need to watch this again. You should. 
I I did like it quite a bit, but like I think that there was just something that rubbed me weird about it. And I think that maybe it's kind of what I was talking about earlier was trying to decipher like what what's going on here? Like, is this is yeah. this a, is this a character movie? Is this because because we do get a lot with Mia with her mom and her mom's yeah. uh, suicide uh, and, and and everything that's like there's a weird juxtaposition of this movie because you have like kind of like a party movie like where it's yeah. like uh, kids trying to have fun and it, it plays on addiction and it plays on, you know, like drugs and stuff like that. And then there's also like a side of it that's talking about like family dynamics and how she interacts with her dad, which I don't, if I'm being honest, I think we could have dealt with 10 more minutes of what's going on with her and her and her dad, because yeah, sure. I don't think that that's, fully explored i think that there's a really really touching scene where he finally shares the note with her that i think is like really really powerful and like as a child of suicide knowing that like that was withheld yeah sure give it like it's a really powerful scene yeah but i feel like just there wasn't enough with her dad to make me understand why that was so powerful does that make sense it it makes total sense i mean i i think it's i think we we can probably chalk that up to you know it's it's their first film you know i mean yeah and and like and trying trying to pack in a quite a bit and you know they're very well if we see a director's cut sometime there might be a lot more there i think one also go ahead she fucking stabs her dad and then doesn't call an ambulance like, yeah, like, listen. What that's, is happening? That's, that's more <laughs> shit. But I mean, look, there, there's, there's a lot of opportunity here to have things more fully fleshed out. There, there are two more films in the works right now. So there is both in a, this universe or yes, from these people from from these people in this universe. There's both a oh. sequel and a prequel, and I think it's super smart because the prequel has so much opportunity to be good. To learn where the hand came from, how it came to be, could be fucking cool as fuck. It could I also think it's gonna be a demon. It, it very well could be, but then also, you know, look, it could flop. You know, p- part of part of the 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 part of the mystique here is the obvious that like we don't know where the hand came from. You know, the hand is the hand, and you know, it's just it's a fucking mystery. We don't know that that is part of the fun. So they might explain too much, and then the sequel. Obviously, there's a lot more that, that that could happen there because the hand lives on. You know, at the very end of the movie, Mia is the new spirit, or so we think. Mia is the new spirit talking to you know whoever lit the candle now. So there's lots of opportunity here in both directions, time wise, with this universe. It'll be really interesting to see which way they go. Yeah, I um I don't know about you, but like the way that the end sequence happens, where she is standing by the side of the road where she decides that pushing Riley into traffic is the easiest way to kill him, which I'm like, what girl, like you saw the kangaroo. Like, why do you think that this is the easiest way to kill him? Um, Where I didn't, it took me like a good minute and a half to figure out like what was going on and like how uh, Jade had pushed her out of the way. And just because it's filmed from the perspective of the backseat of the car, of that yeah. hits her yeah and so it was it was just like a little bit of weird like filmmaking that i had to like put my brain around like oh she's the one that got hit oh she's dead oh right. I, okay i get it but like 
it was a it was an interesting way to reveal the quote unquote twist. Yeah. Because I couldn't I didn't put it together right away, which I appreciated. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And, you know, you mentioning the reality of, you know, is it a demon or is it multiple spirits or, you know, what is the reality that we're looking at here? It did did strike my mind in one way on this viewing that it hadn't before. Because at the very end of it, you know, Mia's dead. She's in the spirit world or whatever. And, you know, I wrote down, you know, uh, is is Riley actually okay? Is what we're seeing real or is this her Or is hell? it more lies? Yeah. <laughs> is it is it more lies? Is this her hell? Everyone's okay, but now she never, you know, the hell this is. I mean, so there, there's, th- this really does play with reality in, in a lot of, in a lot of ways like we we don't know what's true here and what's not true so you know once again not not to you know hope on future films but it will be interesting to see what that sequel has to say about all of this yeah no uh i did not know that about a prequel and a sequel and i'm yeah definitely interesting to see what they're gonna do with it because like you said there's a lot of potential but there's also a lot of potential for it to like if they over explain or whatever but um so maddie you know uh here at friday the 13th horror podcast um we judge on a seven stripe scale i don't know if you knew this or not but um it's for the gay old rainbow uh maddie can you tell me your main takeaway from talk to me sure and what you gave it out of seven stripes my i give this film six out of seven um and i said that this film is brilliant in so many ways but primarily in how it excoriates and warns its own target audience yeah, I I really appreciated our conversation around this movie because it did give me a little bit more context around some of my frustrations with the lack of act in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> because sure, there were so many sure. times where I was like, do something. <laughs> but um, my, I, I'm going to give it a five for now. I might come up on that later. Sure. Um, and I said, this is filmed beautifully. And it's a honestly a really unique story. The only thing that took me out of it was just how insufferable the main character was. <laughs> <laughs> Well, folks, that does it for Talk To Me. We hope you enjoyed us talking to you about that movie. We'll be right back with our final film of the episode, Evil Dead Rise. No matter how busy you ever got, you always found time for me. I can't believe I'm never going to speak to you again. When I was just a little girl, I asked my mother, What is this, Danny? I found it.
Sometimes the dead don't stay where they're supposed to be. Sometimes they rise and they're evil. That wasn't even inventive. Andrew, tell us about Evil Dead Rise. Dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. Uh, Mommy loves you to death. Three siblings find an ancient vinyl that gives birth to a bloodthirsty demons that run amok in a Los Angeles apartment building and thrust them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable directed and written by lee cronin production and distribution handled by new line cinema and warner brothers beth is played by lily sullivan ellie is played by elisa sutherland bridget is played by gabriel eccles danny is played by morgan davis davies sorry uh cassie is played by nell fisher Teresa is played by mara who mirabai that uh-huh. sounds right yep, you got a piece Caleb is played by Richard Crouchley, and Jessica is played by Anna Marie Thomas. This is rated hard R. <laughs> Comes in at 96 minutes. Uh, is this correct? It was in it is Auckland, correct. Okay, Auckland, New Zealand, and it came out on March 15th of 2023. So as you'll see, both of our films of this episode, 2023, huge hits for these things budget was 15 million raked in 197 million so hopefully we will see more of uh beth and cassie in the future natty what do you think about evil dead rise yeah you know another thing too here is uh it's, it's out of ireland and new zealand um this 2023 was a big year for irish film huge year i mean you've got uh you've got uh killian murphy in oppenheimer you've got barry keoghan and all the stuff that he did and you've got over here in the horror world lee cronin (laughs) a dublin director uh making this movie both in ireland and in new zealand so it's really incredible stuff um and you know look i i had the 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 uh the honor of seeing this at the ireland premiere at lighthouse cinema Lee Cronin was there to do a talk back after, got to meet him and talk about the film, um, got to hold the original Necronomicon from the movie in my little hands. It was very cool. Wouldn't do it. Um, I know, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, like, look, it was it, it's I, I think this Evil Dead is everything you could want an Evil Dead to be. And I think that, you know, I haven't heard a whole lot of people bashing it, but like. I don't imagine how you could like there's so much here that is just good. And it is very clear um, that Lee Cronin wrote this because he loves the evil dead universe. He loves the evil dead movies and he had something very unique to say about it. 
And, uh, you know, that was also clear in meeting him. Like he's a guy who was excited about film and excited <laughs> about making things and listening to how they, they created these incredible scenes and they filmed this while in COVID, right, in New Zealand. So that was very, very difficult to do. Um, a huge feat. And they made it happen. Um, I think that where this film excels the most in, in being an Evil Dead film is that it makes a family that you really love. Like Ugh, the, that's the, the hardest sisters. Part. <laughs> oh, my God. The sisters are so good. And the, like, the chemistry is so real. The kids are so good. Each one of them is cute in their own way. And like they all like their relationships are all so good and their relationships with their mom is so cool. And like this is a family that feels real to me. It feels real. And like, yeah, yeah these are mostly, you know, New Zealand and and and, and, and Australian and Irish actors um, and, and people, you know, making the film, too. But like this film, this feels like a real family in Los Angeles, which is where this film is set. Um, it's, it's, I think also really inventive in the evil dead world of taking it out of, you know, the cabin in the woods and putting it in the city and seeing what that might feel like. Um, so that was really cool. All of the gore is everything you could possibly want in an evil dead movie, which is basically buckets and buckets and buckets and buckets and buckets and buckets and buckets of blood. It's and a cheese grater (laughs) And, and a cheese grater on top of it. Like, I mean, come on. I think that, you know, the the um, the demonic entities, the deadites are as cruel and as evil as you would want them to be. This movie is not a kind movie in the least. Andrew, you say this often. It's a mean movie, this but it's, is. it's <laughs> it is supposed to be mean in the talk back that that Lee Cronin gave when I saw the premiere. You know, he talked about how at, at, a, at another screening. Someone was like, wow, how could you do that to all the kids? He was like, it's an evil dead movie. What do you what do you think I'm going to do? Like, it's supposed to be this way. And it comes out that way. So I look, I, I could go on and on about it. I think this is a really fun, scary, crazy evil dead that was inventive and bold. And I think that uh, it's it's a it's a knockout in, in this franchise. Yeah. So what I'll say about this is if this. If this, how do I, how do I even say this? If this is not what you want from an evil dead movie, then you need to make your own because this, like, this is what it is. Like, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it. Like, I think that this embodies evil dead, especially in the newer generation following the evil dead of like, what was that? 2013, Mm -hmm. 20, like whatever. I think 2013, Um, yeah. um, Following that, that especially like, exactly. Yes. Like this is what the follow up should be, and I'm I'm waiting, and I'm waiting for an Ash, and I can't think of her name, Jane Levy's character in the, the Evil Dead remake, yeah, and Beth and Cassie to all meet up in a power up yeah. movie, <laughs> like totally. in the future, like totally. I don't know, like um, I thought that this movie hit every stride that it needed to, and Agreed. it honestly, from the cold open. Holy shit. Oh my God. Are you just like <laughs> on board? Like, like, I'm sorry, but like when I saw, so I had seen this one time in the theater and then one time last night. That's only two times I've seen it. Same. And I remember in the theater when that woman rises out of the lake and evil Ugh, dead and evil dead card. rise title card rises with her. Ugh. I want to just, I, in a movie, I have only had this happen to me twice in a movie. Yeah. One time was when we were in 
Dr. Sleep and they were going to the oh. Overlook Hotel. Oh, 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 yes. And then when Evil Dead Rise rised up, I wanted to stand up and scream. I will say, like, when, when we saw it in the, when I saw it in the theater it, it, with that audience, we all started cheering and it was fucking cool because it, and I, I, and also thank you for bringing up one of the greatest scenes in cinematic history from Dr. Sleep. So good. Um, but like, it, it is that moment. Like, it is a triumphant fucking title card. It's incredible. And I'm sorry, when she tears off that ponytail, oh, I was screaming. <laughs> like, come on, absolutely crazy. Um, the only thing, the only thing about that opening sequence that I was hoping would have a better payoff, yeah, is that I thought that the drone was gonna come into the boyfriend's death more sure because like that's like his thing like the drone and he he even says like oh at this speed it would just kind of take your face off a little bit (laughs) and like i i think that they do that with like the the possessed girl but i think it could have been more effective with him because he's the one that like said it but that that, that we're splitting hairs at this point you know what i mean like i I completely agree with you um i just think that I don't know. I don't know how you can't like. I I don't know how you cannot be a fan of the Evil Dead movies and not like this one. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Um. I I personally, my history with Evil Dead, I love the first one. I'm I'm hit or miss on the second one. If I'm being totally honest, because yeah. there's a lot of comedy that I think is when you look at it as a comedy movie is really funny. But when you look at it from a horror perspective is not that funny. If that it's, over, it's, over, it's over the top. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it, it ends up becoming a little bit too much of an inside joke over and over and over again. And then army of darkness is like its own fucking whole thing. Like, yeah, I can't exactly. even put that in this. Um, and then um, Ash versus evil dead, I thought was a brilliant little show that they put together. Yeah. That, like did a lot of the same stuff that this movie does really brilliantly. Um, Evil Dead, the two, I, I want to say 2013. I'm not sure if I'm correct in that, but um, I think that movie is. If this movie's mean, that movie is the devil. Oh, totally! <laughs> like because that movie is very, very, very gross and mean, and I've only seen it twice because I yeah. don't. That's that's a hard one for me to watch because that's very gross. Yeah, this movie I think has the exact balance that i want from an evil dead movie with there's heart because you care about the characters there's gore because it's evil dead and there's demons and it's a demonic thing but then there's also like an underlying current of what is this movie actually about sure and i think you know this movie when it when you really you know dive 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 is about family and about no matter what you look out for family and I, yeah. I, and, and even in death and even as a demon, you look yeah. out for family. Totally. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that this is like, it's honestly the, I think it's the best marrying of what evil dead has been trying to do since the original. Sure. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? I, like I, I, I totally agree. You know, I, I think too, that like, you know, when it comes to evil dead, you know, like when I think about like my favorite horror stuff, I, I, I don't include evil dead. It's, it's not generally what I'm into. You know, I've watched yeah, them. Yeah. I enjoy them, but like, you know, I am far more of like a, I'm an exorcist fanatic. I'm a shining fanatic. That that's more the horror for me. 
usually comedic horror or like really super duper extra bloody gory. That's usually not my style. Um, but like, I certainly have an appreciation for, for all of these films. And like, like I said, I, I, I do enjoy them when I watch them. This one was just even more enjoyable because of the family aspect that I mentioned earlier and that you just talked about too. Like it just makes it real. And there's just, I don't know. There's just something about it. Like I, I didn't expect that walking into the theater that day. I just got tickets for the premiere and thought I, I need to be there. This is going to be fun. And you know, whatever happens happens, but it was a story that ended up just something far, far, far deeper than I thought it would be to be completely honest with you. And that is a triumph for something like this. It really is. And honestly, everyone is so good in this. They're so like, good. There is, there is not a weak cast member in the bunch. Yeah. Like, um, I, this time around, I was a little perturbed by Beth, um, closing off those brothers in the hallway and just being like, well, <laughs> see ya. <laughs> like, I, mean, I was it's like, true. <laughs> I was like, damn, she is savage. Just leaving that little kid out there. <laughs> she cold. But I mean, that, that's just it. Like that, that is evil dead. It's, it's a cold fucking philosophy of how, you know, this would go down. That um, little kid gets his arms torn. Off. Oh my God. It's just, if it's fucking insane. You know, one, one thing I did think about with this is like, you know, when it comes to the deadites, there aren't really any rules with them. Okay. So this is where I did have some issue. Yeah. But like, you know, but what I wrote down in my notes was like, I was thinking about it. I was like, well, you know, are they ever really dead? Can you ever really kill them? Is there anything that you can do? You know, in, in the in the vinyl record that, that gets played, like the the guy talks about who's who's Bruce Campbell, by the way, that, that that's Bruce Campbell's voice. Oh, you mean the guy who puts the warning on the third vinyl? Know, not right. the first. You, you asshole. You just had to do that, right? Um, don't do not play this record. Um, <laughs> do not play the third one. Exactly. The, but actually, the first two you shouldn't play either. But I forgot to write that down. Um, but like, it has to be full, complete dismemberment and like destruction, whatever. Um, and we know that it lives on because it goes on to you know to the the beach house later. Um, but like you know, look, there's there's no rules with the deadites. They I they they can live, they can die. We don't know how to kill them. Nobody does, and that's just it. But one thing that I wrote down in my notes was um, where is it? Um, but perhaps that's how it should be. Like, I mean, it's deadites. You know what I mean? Like, who sets the rules for that shit? But I, I can definitely see how some people who maybe aren't like into Evil Dead at all would be like, well, you can't ever kill him. So what's the point? And like, I, yeah, to be fair, like, I get that. But like, that's, that's just how Evil Dead works, you know? In, in my mind, in like my, my made up rules that I made up for myself, basically, <laughs> was like, if, if they get in your blood, like if they get something in your blood, then you like, become one, then you become one. Yeah. So like if they, they, they throw up on you or that's they, one rule for sure. We do know that. But that's negated in this movie because they literally are in an elevator full of blood and have blood splattered on them from the leaf or not leaf blower, um, wood chipper. Right. Yeah. So uh, maybe, you know what? I'm just going to go with you and I'm just going to say there are no rules. <laughs> no rules. And I mean, I, I think that that's just part of the chaos and like you have to go into, I think any evil dead and even this one, just understanding that chaos is going to rule the day. That's going to be what is 
that that that's it. Chaos is 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 ruling here. If you can escape the chaos and you're the final girl or the final boy, you know, congrats to you. But like chaos is is the main rule here. Anything goes, anything can happen, anything will happen, and you're just lucky to get out of it if you can. I appreciated that they didn't kill the cat. But... Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. Um uh the one thing that the one thing that took me out of this movie a little bit this time was so they're in this apartment building that has been condemned and they <laughs> are told they have to move out in a month. And then there's an earthquake. And so <laughs> the earth literally opens up in the parking garage, which is on the ground level. Would you stay in this apartment? <laughs> no, no, I, I would, I would immediately tell my kids like, we're going to a hotel. Like this isn't safe. I don't know. That's, that's just one little tiny thing that just, Bugged I, me I mean, a little bit, but I, I totally understand that. But yeah, no, I I'd be the hell out of there for sure. But the movie, the 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 one good thing that this movie does really have going for it is that it does go at such breakneck speed that you can't even really think about making a decision because yeah, it's things right. are just happening, 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 happening. Like you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. I mean it's can't. it's 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 ninety minutes of action, and there's there's very there's very little time in this movie where nothing happens. Like like there's there's like a couple of minutes of that really. Every everything else is just whoa, and it just keeps going, 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 going until the very end. So I mean, it's 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 almost at the speed of the evil that travels through the air. Like the evil just goes, and like that's the speed of this movie too. Yeah, uh, I have four quotes in my notes that I wanted to <laughs> to to call out because Please. I think that these are just there. There are little moments that are just that just so Evil Dead, and they just make you giggle and be creepy and i don't know it's weird um the first one is most of them are from the mom i have one from another character but uh, (laughs) from the mom where she goes um man i just want to cut you open and crawl inside your bodies (laughs) and stay one big happy family (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes totally um the next one is of course the very famous oh mommy's with the maggots now (laughs) that's <laughs> such a good one <laughs> uh and then i like soon after that she goes oh, i'm finally free from all you titty sucking parasites <laughs> <laughs> and then my final one is from um i think bridget says this where she's like i gotta kill all the creepy crawlies inside my tummy <laughs> inside my tum tum i was so like good. girl i get it i take probiotics so I, I, I understand right <laughs> Another another good line would be from Cassie when she tells uh, when she tells Auntie Beth, um, "You're going to be a good mom someday. You know how to lie to kids." I was yeah, like, you know how to lie to kids. That's actually a good little line right there. It really is. Um, I also will say, um, whoever's in charge of the appliances in this uh, apartment building, you are irresponsible person because uh, those no, burners are too hot. <laughs> no, no wonder it's condemned. I'll tell you what. Another thing too is Bridget. Please don't eat glass. No glass eating. Like when people eat glass on fucking in things, it's Ooh, it's a when lot. She, when please she when she swallows it and oh, it goes into oh her throat. Oh god! Like everyone's had that fear. You know what I mean? Like oh, is there glass in this at one point or another? Or like is the glass that I'm drinking from going to break or something? And it's just oh, oh and god. I'll tell you what. I am a. Uh, I, I'm a bad ice chewer. Like I, yeah, I, I find myself. Oh, not, miss not, chewing not, ice. Oh, 
I, I just do it on accident. Like it's like a habit almost, but like that reminded me of that. And I immediately kind of just like, was, oh. I was sipping on my drink as I was watching this and I immediately just kind of plooped out the ice cube. When I can feel that on my teeth right now. I mean, look, the evil dead rise is a blast. If, if you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend that you do so. Oh, in my notes, I also have the family that slays together stays together. <laughs> oh, perfect. A nice little quip there. Um, and I did like when they, they miraculously survived the blood elevator because let's be honest, nobody would survive a 14 flight. Nobody. <laughs> I, I also, um, when it comes down, it just goes ding, boof. Well, I, I love that <laughs> when she wakes up Cassie and she's like all covered, this this child, this like a more, no more than like nine year old child goes, Am I dead? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, Cassie was, Cassie was really good. All the kids are good, but Cassie was really fucking good. Yeah. And like, honestly, you know, we've laughed and we've talked a lot, a lot about the gore and everything in this movie, but like, really deep down like what made me go oh man this is a tough this is a tough movie is because like what you said earlier the family dynamic at the beginning of the movie is so good it's so good like everyone's just so natural and like so i don't i don't know how they did this they must have because of this being um done over covid they must have cohabitated in in some way shape or form for a, a little bit of time because the way that they act as like a family, um, di- like a dynamic, yeah, is just so natural that I was like, <laughs> "There's even the moment where um, Bridget walks in on um, Danny like DJing, and she's yeah. like, oh, big big audience tonight.'" And I was like, "That's yeah. such like a brother sister thing." <laughs> like, it's so it's it's just it's sweet. It's it's a it's a modern family that you want to see make it. And it makes me sad that like this happens to them. I don't know, no. but like, um, we should also say that you know, um, Danny is actually a, a trans actor, which is really yeah. cool that they 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 did that. I I did see one. Um, <laughs> I did see one Pink News article headline that was like, "Thank you for giving us." Um, this is so bad, but it is something along the lines of like, thanks for also giving trans people the moronic storyline too. Like, like because <laughs> what is like that's a weird way to put it, but that is that is pink news hardly ever gets a headline right. And I know that, that's one they also did not do very well. My God. Because honestly, like it's not ever so in Evil Dead 2013, I will blame that guy. And we'll I'm sure yeah. we'll talk about that movie at some point in our our pod career but like danny just plays a record because he finds records like it's not like it's not like it says warning do not play it's just no he's he's a dj he's got dj equipment and he's like oh i wonder what's on this like of course he's going to do that he's 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 a kid little did he know that the warning was on the third three of three (laughs) you you who's the asshole that didn't write it on all of who was the asshole that didn't destroy them in the first place because i distinctly remember in the necronomicon it says do not read this there you go (laughs) i mean come on klaatu varato nikto um andrew tell us how you wound up with your rating and your final takeaway from evil dead rise 
Evil Dead Rise, I said, this is everything an Evil Dead needs to be. It makes me so happy and so sad all at the same time. And I gave it a five and a half. Uh, I also gave it a five and a half. And I said, this is a great Evil Dead film because it excels in creating exceedingly likable characters. The sisters, the mom, the kids. It makes everything else that happens matter even more. And damn, a lot happens. So, folks, that ends our, uh, our our final film of the episode. We'll be right back to close it all out for this episode with a little game called New Year, New You. Well, that does it for episode 112 of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. But before you go, we're going to play a little game like we do it at the end of every episode. And today we are playing New Year, New You, where Maddie and Andrew will share what they inevitably will fail at in 2024. <laughs> you know, it's it's always funny too. like a, a new listeners must be like, oh, they're going to have some complex game at the end of the episode. Our games are the easiest fucking games you could possibly imagine. Like, it's literally, what is the thing you're thinking right now? Basically, basically. <laughs> Why sometimes don't you tell me? More, sometimes we put more effort into we it. Do. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. But anyways, okay. So, Andrew, I, you know, I've, I really already said my main resolution for 2024, and that is just to put my health first. I can tell you that one thing that I'm doing in that regard is the first quarter of the year, so the first three months... I am pretty much going to be entirely off of booze. Um, look, I'm not like an alcoholic. I don't look at myself that way. But, you know, look, I I drink, you know, like a lot of people do, which is socially. And I'm a pretty social person. We'll just say it that way, right? And so uh, I really wanted to start this year with a refresh and just, you know, take some time away from booze and from hangovers especially, which guess what? In your 40s, they fucking suck because they last forever um and just sort of let my liver take some healing let my kidneys heal and like explore my relationship with alcohol a little bit more so there will be like a couple of times where i have some drinks in this quarter um but i'm keeping them really few and far between and i and honestly i'm already in it and i gotta tell you i've been looking forward to this i already feel a lot better and it's it's gonna be nice to have this time away from it Coolio. Mine's in the same vein, but really like what I've determined this year and what I'm really striving to do is to stop making excuses for my health. Okay. And stop being like, oh, that's just a stomach ache or oh, that's just a uh, headache or that's just and actually like go to like professionals and be like, hey, can you actually like give me a diagnosis? Like, 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 like what's, actually, what's like, going on with my body? Like, why can't I sleep? Like, why? Like, what is this? Like, hey, can you take these skin tags off? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, just, I get like, it. Like weird cosmetic stuff that I've just put off for so long that I just need to be like, Andrew, you have paid. I'm sorry. You you've been employed since you were 14 and a half and have been paying into the insurance system for that entire time. Yeah. So go use it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> well, Andrew, look. Let these be two resolutions that you and I don't fail at this year. These are two things that we're definitely going to do and other ones maybe we might fail, but these two we're going to keep. 
Got We're it. We're going to do it. <laughs> That's how it's going to work. And listen out there. We hope that you are thinking about your own resolutions and how you're going to keep them in your life. Whatever they are for this new year, we hope that you're successful and we hope that you also keep your health at the central part of you because that is all of you. You won't live unless you do that. So, and we need you to live. We want you to live. Um, we want to We need you to too. listen. So we need you to exactly. live. <laughs> now listen, folks, that was episode 112 of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. Thank you for listening. A reminder, we are an independent podcast. So we rely on your support to um, to improve. Um, one of the ways that you can do that is by visiting our website, which is www.frygay13.com slash support, where you can become a patron on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. Now, listen, our Patreon is not some freaking fancy thing where you get fucking this and that and, and you get you know episodes in the vault and all that kind of shit. We don't do that. We don't keep any of our content behind a paywall. You get everything. Everyone gets everything. The people who become patrons are super fans of the show. They're the people who want to see us improve and get to do more cool things and bring it all back to you. And so see it, value in and what see we're value doing. in it too. So listen, this is like a this is like, this is gonna be like a three hour episode. Um, but like you know, if if you had fun in these three hours that we created for you, you might want to come on board with the with chip the other in, patrons. chip in a dollar, chip in. come on. And and we promise you that everything goes back to the show, literally all of it. So if you if you can find it in your heart to do that, that would be really really cool. And if you don't have any monetary compensation for us, there also is a way you can still show us a little bit of thanks. Show is. And that's by going into either uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify and either leaving a comment on the episode or giving us a rating or review or going on social media and interacting with us. Like, yeah, we want to hear from you, listener. Uh, I don't know who you are. I know a couple of you, <laughs> but I don't. I, I think I maybe know 50 people that yeah, listen right, to us. Right. And then there are like thousands, eight, 800 more that yeah. I don't know. So like, like all over the place. So interact with us. We want to hear yeah. from you. We want to, we want to know who you are and, and hear your story and everything. But um, speaking of Patreon, we do have a new patron this month. All uh, right. Emmanuel, Emmanuel, thank you so much for awesome. participating and, and giving us your hard earned cash. We, we certainly appreciate it. And we certainly understand that you value kind of this time that we put towards, yeah. towards, towards the pod. And I, I, I think that maybe some people think like, Oh, these two guys just get on mics every two weeks and shoot the shit but like there's actually a lot of work that goes into it yeah. and 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 money that we do need to recuperate in some way shape or form otherwise yeah, right. we won't be able to do this anymore yeah. so <laughs> we really appreciate people that see value in what Amen. we do so and folks listen uh we've, we've it's the beginning of the year it's our first episode of the year we've got a lot of stuff planned for you for the rest of 2024 so you know stick with us we're back on our regular schedule now which is basically twice a month um so you'll hear another episode from us in a couple of weeks um but andrew listen until they hear that next episode do you know what every fucking listener can go do right now do you know what, what? they can go they can go and get, get slayed, slayed.